0: Good morning for what is hopefully not the final day of baseball season here in Baltimore. Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. We've got much to do on a Tuesday edition of the program coming up in a bit. We're going to preview game three tonight. Carl Ravitch is, of course, on the call for ESPN Radio, as he was for games one and two. He'll check in with us. Later on in the show, we'll get you ready for Waiver Wire Wednesday. Press box is Joe Serpico checks in with us. Can you find some help if you're a Justin Jefferson owner? What about if you're a Davon Achan owner? What about if you're an owner of both? You're ready you ready to jump okay. in one league? I. It's yeah, a both. league. It's our. It's our league actually. It's the media or whatever we call this league. This press box league. You good, I'm five and zero, so I'm in I great know, shape. I but yeah. Out of a bummer of a way for the week to begin. Get ready thankfully, five and eight. thankfully everything else is going so well that I, I barely noticed. <sighs> we'll talk about it um, with our guy Joe Serpico. Also this morning we will talk some Ravens. Charles McDonald from Yahoo Sports, Pride of McDonough. We will catch up with him. Today's program is brought to you by Superbook. Use the code glennclark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or when you download the Superbook app and you will receive up to $250 in a first-bet match same day, win or lose. Orioles tonight. The reality is they're the dogs. Superbook thinks it's over for the Orioles. Superbook thinks... The season ends this evening. If you disagree, if you like Dean Kramer with his back against the wall, it's your opportunity to step in, make some money, and take advantage of that first bet match up to $250, win or lose, by using the code Clark 23 You could still get the Orioles to win the series. You really want to go bold. You, you, you yes. really want to go crazy. Six to one, the Orioles to win the series. And advance. So you're feeling froggy today. You're feeling a little antsy in your pants. Maybe you throw some money that way. But when you do, Glenn Clark, 23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K, 2, 3, when you sign up at Superbook. Um, I want to handle something quickly because it's going to dovetail into something that I talked about last night on Twitter. And I, I just want to spend like a minute on today because I've, it's a topic that I visited before and it kinda blows my mind when it continues to pop up and frankly from some of the people that continue to share out clips from these god awful debate shows from ESPN and Fox that continue to treat this content as currency. Um I, I had a lot of feedback yesterday. I-, I and I and I you know, I want to say something because I got a lot of feedback yesterday. I love Griffin. I think everybody knows that. I love Griffin. And, and as a bunch of you know that I texted back and forth with, I even defended him afterwards. To you. You guys know that. And the reason I defended him is because I genuinely believe two things. One, Griffin came up in an era where this is content. Where this is what it is. This is, this is what you do. I also think that, and I mean this, and I don't know, because I've never had this conversation with Chuck Sapienza over at 105.7. He knows damn well that he could never tell me to be this guy. But much like once upon a time a career was made by someone just saying, no matter what happens, I'm always going to say LeBron James sucks. And it's just going to be the content that I do. And it's irrelevant, and it's just, that's the way it goes. And we allowed that person to get famous and become wealthy and to be quote-unquote successful within an industry. It might very well be that there or somewhere else that Griffin were to work, someone would tell him, dude, keep it up. Just always be aggressive towards Lamar Jackson no matter what. Even if he's the best offensive player in the league this week, Always do it. Always do that. That's good. That's what you should do. Now, yesterday's segment, as I told a couple of you, I maybe I could have done that off the air, and I appreciated a, a few of you, uh, some of you who are, of course, in our inner circle, like I, you know, the John and and Josh and guys like that. I, you know, you guys, you're you're part of this thing anymore. But a few people that I hadn't heard from from a while, and it was something that I didn't expect in my interactions yesterday, who said, hey, you know what I liked about that? Is I appreciated hearing you say it. Anthony, um, who I, I don't know Anthony. It's the funny part. He's been a listener for forever. Anthony Vitrano, And we've never actually like come across each other that I'm aware of. Maybe, Anthony, if I'm a jerk and you were like, hey, uh, uh, actually, I come out to a lot of events, I, I apologize. But the message that you sent last night was was fascinating to me. We said, thanks to the show and your article, I especially appreciated the list discussion. While tense, it reemphasized the reason your show, work, commentary stands out. And I had heard the same thing from somebody else. I heard it from Chris. Chris messaged and said, Dude, it was actually nice. that We had a back and forth, Chris and I did, about it. And I, was, and I said the same thing that I said to a couple of you. I probably could have done that off the air. I don't, nothing that I said yesterday, Griffin, I love you, but nothing that I said yesterday I would ever take back. I stand by every single ounce of it. This show is not going to devolve into that. I will not bend to that. And that was what I appreciated when we had this conversation. I said, look, honestly, I probably could have done that off the air. It, as I said to a few of you, we also fell victim to Cadreus not answering his phone. Uh, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on, and I didn't know if I should move on or Pat, and there was, there was a lot going on in that moment. And so it ended up probably coming off as a pile-on to a few of you. But this was a good response from, as I said that, I said to Chris, you know, I probably could have handled that off the air in hindsight. Um, I, I meant everything that I said. But it didn't need to necessarily be on the air. That's something that, as a boss, I could have done off the air. And he said back, for me as a listener, it was important to remember that that's the reason why I come here. It was important to get a reminder that you're not just going to do lowest common denominator content. Which I'm sure I have done. (laughs) Let me make that abundantly clear. (laughs) Like, go read Power Rankings today at PressBoxOnline.com. I'm sure there will be some lowest common denominator content in there because, believe it or not, I'm not watching these games, which I have in common with the people that are talking about them on those debate shows. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why, frankly, yesterday was so disappointing for me. And I'm not trying to pile on. I'm going to use it to set up the point that I'm making. It was disappointing because we watch the games. We know what happened. So yesterday, when all of you are freaking out about the fact that on ESPN they are running some Chiron and doing a segment about whether or not the Ravens regret playing Lamar Jackson and you're all panicking and dunking on it, it seems like it should be pretty simple. Why are you watching that? Why is that content that you're taking in? They're not watching the games. They are playing to the lowest common denominator of shit takery in order to try to get attention. That's not on them. That's on you. And I'll double down. We live in a society where we treat engagement as currency. The quality of your content is irrelevant as long as it gets engagement. And again, I I can't fight that battle by myself. I can't win it for sure. I appreciate those of you that come here because you know it's different. But a lot of you continue this route. As long as it gets engagement, nothing else matters because that's the society that we live in. But those of you that continue to share clips out from these shows in the guise of dunking on it, listen to how stupid this is. What you're actually doing is creating the echo chamber. You're allowing for it to continue. Because it matters not what you're saying. In a society of engagement, that's currency. That type of content continues to prevail. Because you allow for it to prevail. Because for you dunking on it is your engagement. If I share what Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or any of these people that don't have any clue what they're talking about because they are sure as F not watching the games. One of the first rules I have when um you know I, I think about someone, I'm like, maybe this person would be a good guest, but I also don't know if they're watching the games. And I'll say that to Griffin. I'll say, when you call them Find out if they'd be comfortable. I don't even know if they're, like, I don't know if they watched. I have no clue how much they're familiar with these teams. Sometimes it's obvious. Clearly, Carl Ravage today knows what's going on with the Baltimore Orioles. He just called the last two games. Clearly, he has some clue of what's happening. Charles McDonald, if you read Yahoo Sports this weekend, very clearly watched the Ravens game. No one on ESPN watched the Ravens game. They might have had it on. They might have looked at some highlights. Maybe. They didn't watch. They don't have a clue. But that's not their brand. Their brand is, we've got to say something that will get attention and get Joe Jonason in Towson to share our content in some sort of way. So let's say something... Elect- is is Lamar Jackson, are they regretting paying Lamar Jackson? Who, again, was brilliant. As you all know, I don't find PFF to be Bible. I have serious flaws with how it is that they do their system. So I don't say Lamar Jackson was the best offensive player in football and think that that's fact. I have no idea how it is that Lamar Jackson was better on Sunday than, say, George Kittle was on Sunday. Or Jamar Chase. Or DJ Moore, for example. I'm not sure how that's possible, that he could have graded out better than those guys did. But according to them, he did. And based on the game that I watched, I'm not stunned by that. Because the game that I watched and the game that we all saw, Lamar Jackson was brilliant. Made a bad throw. Pretty damn good when you're throwing the ball that much for there to be one. Lamar Jackson was brilliant on Sunday. So I wasn't surprised by that rating whatsoever. But yet that's the content that they chose to do. You're the one that watched. You're the one that shares it out. You're the one that falls in to this mind numbing echo chamber. Get better content. There's so much more content out there. So much better content. Uh, You know, watch something else. There's a lot of shows I haven't I haven't watched the the boys what is that called Gen V Gen V yes I haven't watched that yet I bet it's great It's definitely better for your I don't know I can't say that I haven't watched it yet I'd say it's better for your health but maybe it's maybe it actually stinks But this is why this is why I won't allow it to devolve to that We've got to be better and that's why I apologize that it went on for as long as it did yesterday. But I appreciated the feedback from people that said I appreciated the reminder. That's We're not going to do that here. We're not going to do lowest common denominator. We're not going to fall into the trap of, well, he's the quarterback. None of that. We're not going to be Ronnie from Dundalk. Although I do love those videos. Does he do any of his show as Ron- Ronnie? Ronnie?
1: uh that's a good question Guess I'm gonna i find mean here out. I'm gonna find it, would, out. it would make yeah. a lot
0: of sense yeah. here for him to do some of the show as ronnie i don't know if he's got a whole routine i saw it's not really his thing he's just a stand-up he's not really right a character. i saw some of his
1: clips from his show in cincinnati last week he was just yelling f the Bengals" to all the Well, i mean I'm, I'm not opposed to that right. yeah and it wasn't in his i'm not opposed voice or to it anything whatsoever. it was just it was just him saying f the Bengals."
0: i do kind of love that. that's not ronnie that's just yeah, that's Stavros. Just, yeah, yeah. Just him god but I, would be, I wouldn't be opposed at all to him. him If he wanted to do Ronnie, if he wanted to do that shtick, that would be good shtick for him to do, just not for us. And again, if that's what you want, if you want shit takery, if you want lowest common denominator, if you want someone to say that you should fire the coach of a 3-2 and two team, if you want that, there'll be plenty of that. You will find no shortage of lowest common denominator of thoughtless bottom barrel just react for the sake of reacting say anything for the sake of anything content it is prevalent you you couldn't possibly find more of it but it's just not going to be here and that's okay i've accepted that a lot maybe some of the sponsors would actually like it more if i was willing to do that because perhaps there would be a bigger audience for it but that's, that's what it is here. Here we don't do that stuff. Here we attempt to find, um, you know, something above that. I don't think I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm not going to lie to you and bamboozle you in the same way. I didn't spend all of yesterday watching, breaking down the All-22 film and thinking that I know better and that I can explain every play and I know exactly what every team was trying to do. It, it's somewhere between those two things is what you're going to find. I don't know exactly where it's going to be, but somewhere between those two things. And that's what we're going to attempt to do. But it's on you. When you complain about what it is that they're saying on those shows, you're giving value to those shows. That's, that's you. It's not them. It's you. I, I didn't... The Oprah Winfrey show, I didn't think was for me. And so I just didn't watch it. I didn't go on and say, God, can you believe what Oprah said yesterday? Could you imagine Sally Jesse Raphael? I can't believe that was her. I just didn't watch. I think Oprah's probably very talented, and I think for the most part she seemed like a reasonable person. Just not my thing. I don't think she was trying to do segments about whether the Ravens regretted paying Lamar Jackson. I'm going to think that probably wasn't part of the Oprah Winfrey show.
1: That'd be good. Good 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 conversation, I bet you think on, you think that would be, be you yeah, yeah. you
0: would say that you would say that I just don't watch, and my life goes on it's it's fine. I don't think that the real housewives are for me, and that's okay it's all right, and I'm telling you it's all right to not care to just not care about any of it. It is totally okay to just say. Why do I give a flying F what Stephen A. Smith thinks about the Baltimore Ravens? Why do I care? So there's my Sermon on the Mount for today. Appreciated the feedback. Did not appreciate how obsessive Baltimore sports Twitter was yesterday about what was happening on the worst television programs that exist. Not a sermon. I just said it was a sermon. Sermon and a thought. Today's show is brought to you as well by... This one's brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Back in action Saturday, October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. Hiring event. So if you've been thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, it is your opportunity to go through every step of the process just about. I mean, you can't finish the process there, but basically everything you need to do. Written test, agility test, application process, all of it, right there. Members of the specialized units will be in attendance. If you've got questions about potential career paths within the Baltimore County Police Department, that's a good place for you to find out more. And also, That afternoon, even if you're not thinking about a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, it's a community event, and it is a safe place for you to bring your kids to participate in a trunk-or-treat, to put a costume on and participate in a trunk-or-treat event. Get some candy for the kids. If you want to find out more, 410-887-4584, or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Our eyes shift to Arlington, Texas this evening and our ears in this particular case because tonight on ESPN Radio, game three of the American League Division Series between the Orioles and Rangers. Our next guest has been on the call for the first two and will be on the call once again tonight alongside our friend Tim Kirkshen. He is also our friend, Mr. Carl Ravitch, and he's back with us now here on GCR Carl, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
2: Yeah, it's my pleasure, Glenn. Happy to be on with you and uh, looking forward to another competitive game tonight.
0: Carl, let me pose it to you this way if I could. What's happened in these first two games of the series, I, I feel like there is a group of people in Baltimore, maybe in baseball, who say, hey, look, this this is kind of what was going to happen. The Orioles got here a little bit early. They're young. they they're seeing the bright lights, and they're not responding well. Is that the truth, or is it more, "Hey, this is baseball. Two baseball games yeah. have been played between good teams, and sometimes good teams lose baseball games to other good teams."
2: Uh, the latter. I mean, I've uh, you know I've been doing this at least at ESPN for 30 years. Uh, there, there's there's very little explanation, Glenn, to, to baseball. It's rare that the best team in baseball runs the table, these types of uh, performances, let's say Cody Bradford the other day, you don't expect Heaney pitching in game one. You wouldn't expect, but that's the beauty of this sport is expect the unexpected. And that's what we've seen throughout the entire uh, postseason here to date. I mean, last night's outcome in that Phillies-Braves game was incredible. It was unreal. They were Mm -hmm. dead in the water, and then they got up off the mat. Uh, No, I don't look at the Orioles being too young. I do think there's something to experience when it comes to the postseason. But it's not as if Corey Seager has been hitting the ball over the wall. um, And I don't think it was inexperience that led the Orioles to walk him five times, you know, or the Rangers 11 in that game. I I don't, um, you know, you you go through, as you know, you follow 162-game baseball season the Rangers, as Bochi said, we go into a series in Seattle, we look like we'll never lose again. We go to Toronto, we look like we're never going to win again. That's the nature of this beast because you're doing it every single day. Um, so the fact that Rutchman hasn't hit, tonight he could have three hits right. and the Orioles could win eight to two. Uh, no, uh, And I think we're overreacting about the off days and the rust. It was Brandon Hyde who told us the first day we saw him, thank God we had that. We were dead. We were so beaten up and tired. Um, and by the same token, Bochy will tell you, having to fly across the country and going into Tampa Bay, we got the momentum going. We kept it going. So uh, everybody can use whatever argument they want in court to make their point. My point would be, this is this is baseball.
0: Do you think there's anything to the idea of, not only were the Orioles the best road team in baseball this season, Carl, but yep. we, we do bring up that they are young and they do, it's in a way, they're kind of naive, right? That, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I, – does that help them being in a spot like this, going back on the road? The, like, they have – none of this other stuff that we talk about, how few times a, a team has come back yeah, down to – a. I I agree. I, I don't think that impacts them the same way that it would impact a different team, right?
2: I, I look, I don't think ha- – I'm sure <laughs> that most of them would have no memory of some of these right. come from behind, 0-2, oh, now we win the series. It doesn't matter. I mean, having having been around – the younger generation, the collegiate athletes in, in Omaha, um, go back to little league. They, they don't think the way that, I, and I, I'm sorry, Glenn, I don't know how old you are, but I don't think they, I'm 40. They Carl, attach, so, yeah. You're 40. Yeah. I'm, I'm 58. I yeah. don't think they attach any significance and I don't mean this, that they're disrespectful, but I've seen, I've seen professional athletes, collegiate athletes, golfers, they don't particularly care, uh, about Tiger Woods record. Their goal is to beat him. They're not playing Tiger Woods from the early nineties. You know, they were playing him from 2010 or 2015. It, it does. It's not, there's no intimidation. Gunnar Henderson is not bothered by the fact that Marcus Simeon was once in Oakland A and Ron Washington helped him with his fielding. Not part of the, I'm going to the plate. And I know that Seeger and Simeon are terrific players. Therefore, I'm sort of on my heels. It does not apply. And that's what makes the ability of a Corbin Carroll uh, or an Adley Rutschman to have such great seasons. Cause none of that other stuff clogs their head. It's baseball. L- let them pitch it. Let me hit it. Hope I catch it. I, I don't find any of those things enter into the equation uh, for these athletes. I just don't look at tennis, you know, l- look at uh, yeah, Look Car- at the way Carlos that they Alcarez. attack Jokovic. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they just don't think that way. There There's a sense of entitlement which bothers many of us that these kids have, but in a lot of ways it serves them really well when it comes to the athletic endeavors they're all involved in.
0: Carl Ravich is with us, of course. Game three tonight between the Orioles and Rangers on ESPN Radio. Carl, I, I there's been some criticism of Brandon Hyde over the first couple of days. I, I think most of the stuff from game one – I could back up. Putting Brian Baker in in game two, I thought, was questionable to say the least, given where you were at that point. Um, But I also kind of understand that that he's pushed a lot. I, I don't know that the Orioles are truly 11 games better than these teams in the American League West this season on paper. I think Brandon Hyde and the buttons that he pushed have gone a long way. what have been your reaction to some of the decision-making that has left some other people scratching their heads during the series?
2: Yeah, I I think what my experience with managers, especially in the postseason, is while fans think in the moment, managers think in the moment, but they also have to think ahead. And they have to think about how we're going to get through this entire game, and then I have to start thinking about the next game. We want to win this game. That's the most important thing but not necessarily at the cost of what the next game would be, meaning Baker or Webb coming in and, you know, having happened to have to him again. um, If Brandon Hyde were one and one or two and oh, there's no criticism. There was criticism of Bobby Cox when he lost a game. There was criticism of Joe Torrey when he lost a couple of games for the Yankees. There's always going to be criticism. Part of the deal. Uh, Are there, were, were there better options? Again, the, the, unfortunate part of baseball or any coaching decision is you never know if you had gone the other way, what would have happened? You know, your former manager in Baltimore has been hammered forever about the Zach Britton situation. Mm -hmm. He's the first one to tell you, just because a move works, it doesn't always mean that it was the right move just because a move didn't work. Doesn't mean the other one would have. And that's, that's the nature of the beast of being a manager in this situation. Look, I, I agree with you and your premise that the Rangers and Orioles, when Texas is playing well, they can beat any team in the American League. And if they're playing well for three games, they're going to beat the Astros. They're going to beat the Orioles. They're, they're going to beat anybody that's in their way. If the Minnesota Twins get pitching like they have, look at what the Minnesota Twins did during the regular season. You know, everybody, quote-unquote, wanted to play the Twins. Well, how's that working out so far? <sighs> right, so. Right. You know that that's that's he's always going to get criticized when things don't work. My opinion about managers is they get way too much uh, blame and probably not enough of the credit.
0: I and I think he deserves a ton of the credit this season. Like I of course am he does. I'm very high on the Brandon High thing. Um, I, Carl, the decision to go to Dean Kramer in Game Three instead of Kyle Gibson, the veteran, is it right? Like, I said this yesterday. Dean Kramer, based on the season he had, certainly earned this right. I do yep. wonder if in the moment, given everything that's going on, that it might be good to have a, a steady veteran presence. But this goes back to me saying I'm not going to question it. He's pushed enough right buttons that I, I, I just sort of have to say, OK, I'll, I'll listen. I, I don't know that the Orioles can get through and, and pull this off if they can't get at least one semi-strong start from someone that they tried out there.
2: Right. And so was Brandon Hyde mistaken to put Bradish in game one and Rodriguez in game two? I mean, it didn't work, but it, was, it, uh, it certainly was the right move by everybody's opinion. Yeah. Instead of throwing a 35 year old veteran who hadn't appeared in Tampa, why not in game one? And I'm not saying that's the move, but the point is to your point, we could use a, a steady hand here to get us off on the right foot. Bradish is a better pitcher. You know, Rodriguez was tremendous in the second half. Every one of those moves made sense. But if you're going to use you know, your argument here, Glenn, that the 35-year-old is, is more suited to a calm start, again, I, you know, I, I think Kramer's the right guy. I'm not sure if you're alluding to all the other stuff that's going on, but obviously you know, Kramer being a dual citizen in mm-hmm. Israel and having yeah. family members over there, that is, you know, that is such an unfortunate, horrific um, set of circumstances that is happening there. But he has to take with him to the mound, and for all the ability of athletes to block things out, oh, God, I, I wouldn't even imagine yeah. his ability to do that. So if he assures Brandon um, that he's okay and his teammates have supported him and he wants the ball, I think he's the right choice. But Kyle Gibson could easily show up in the second inning right. if things go sideways, because you, you could certainly make the argument if he's way off. There's way too much on this kid's head, and that's understandable.
0: Uh, to your point, we know, you know, this, once you're up against elimina- in elimination, it truly is all hands on deck. I mean, it is you, – you'll figure out tomorrow, tomorrow at that point. You have and, to. And if yep. Grayson Rodriguez has got to turn around and pitch after, you know, he didn't throw as many yep. pitches, then that's what you're going to do because you got to make it work. I, I, I guess the other thing, too, is do, do you feel like them, even if it was too little too late in Game 2 – is it enough to say, hey, maybe this was the moment when the offense finally kind of woke up a little bit, as you know. Oh, 100%. From, yeah, and, and, and that could perhaps bleed over. I know Ivaldi uh, was great the last time out, but he certainly wasn't great in September.
2: Ivaldi was terrible in September. Ivaldi hadn't been good up until the start in the postseason. Yeah. He, he hasn't been. You're, you know, look, a couple of things. Ivaldi's the same guy that when the Red Sox were in Los Angeles came on in relief in games one and two and then came on in relief in Game Three, and pitched six plus innings, and he lost the game, but he was the hero. So there's all sorts of circumstances that present themselves in the postseason. And remember, the Red Sox led that series two games to none when he came in, and the thing went 18 innings. Um, in in the case of Ivaldi tonight, and what the Orioles offense did, that was absolutely part of part of the dialogue that I was having with Tim and others as we as we left the stadium. Like, there is an absolute silver lining in this. And if you give the Orioles eight runs, they're winning 100% of those games during the regular season. It doesn't happen that they lose that game. It also doesn't happen that they walk as many player, uh, guys as they yeah. did. So 110%. You know, X-Factors tonight for me, Rutschman has to get on. No doubt. He, he has to get on. He has to hit. Um, they, they need to be able to be a little more aggressive on the base pass You know, the other, look, similarly, Glenn, Semyon got hits, Garcia got hits. Like, you could easily make the case that the Rangers' offense woke up a little bit. And let's be honest, Evan Carter uh, has changed that entire lineup. The fact that they're so much longer now because of what he does. um, Look, that offense is as good as any when they're right. The names and the kids, there's no question. Josh Young was the... He was the American League Rookie of the Year before he got hurt. So they have Gunnar Henderson on their team, and now he's healthy, and he's hurt the Orioles. They're a damn good team no and a doubt. really good
1: offense.
0: No doubt about it. And, um, and that's, that's the thing. That's, the way, that's how playoff baseball works is you're going to run into They're nothing. They're all good. Exactly right. Carl, I know you said it earlier and I inc- I hate having this conversation when it involves look, I- I'll I'll pull the curtain back. I'm from here, right? I do sports radio for a living. I'm an Orioles fan. It's what it is. I want the yeah. team to win. Um I can't lie about that even as I attempt to cover them. I have to be truthful about it. This is my kids are Orioles fans. They're emotionally in this moment. <laughs> That's course. the way it goes. So I don't like talking about the well, is it unfair? I don't like that conversation because it comes off to me as excuse making, right? It comes off as kind of loser talk, right? Like, well, yeah. you're only down 0-2 because it's not fair. I I do also understand that baseball will constantly try to look at these things and and try to do what's best for their TV partners, like you're, you know you at ESPN, obviously, and for fairness. And like when John Smoltz said the other day, I, I think that maybe you'd go ahead and start the series on Friday that you don't need to give the wildcard teams a day off. I don't think yep. that's an unreasonable way of looking at it. it. It's not extreme by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like you got a day right. off on Monday. Why do you need mm-hmm. another day off? If you win this, the, the series in two games, you're going to get a day off. I, I don't think it's crazy to think that you don't have to rock the boat here in order to do something that maybe would be a little bit more sensical for this.
2: I don't uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I think if if um if we take anything from the current people running major league baseball, they're willing to consider obviously everything as we discussed. Last year we had seven inning doubleheaders or a couple of years ago we had seven inning doubleheaders in major league baseball. You know, we have a ghost runner. Uh, look, I, I do I do think there's some uh credence to the argument and and look, they have tried to punish wildcard teams. I mean, there's no doubt about that. The, especially the second wildcard team that's got to play two games on the road. Um, But using that as the counterbalance, does it hurt the team that won the division too, too much to take games off? I mean, if you use the Astros and Rangers as an example, well, Houston didn't look very good in, in their second game. They weren't great in their first game. You know, Jordan Alvarez hit a few balls over the wall, Texas, lost the division on the last day, and yeah, they were able to kind of get the snowball rolling downhill and seem to be using some of that momentum. Uh, Again, I think a lot of this stuff is convenience for argument's sake, Um, but I do think that there are ways to do it. I wouldn't wouldn't go the KBO way, which we, of course, covered during the pandemic, where the the team that's got the better record begins the series leading one game to none that's huh. too fabricated for yeah. me. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go down that road. Yeah. Um re- reducing the off day would it help? I, again, I I think there's a I just think there's a bit of an overreaction, but I I'm not above considering things that would allow the teams that win 100. I, what I would what I would do is I would seriously consider reseeding. I I do think that that's yeah. important. The fact that the Phillies and Braves While they're the two, to me, best, most complete teams in the National League, a reseeding wouldn't have helped because of the Dodgers. But I do think that the idea that the Rays and Orioles were going to play didn't make a whole bunch of sense to me. If, if in fact, Tampa Bay beat... That doesn't make sense. So I would reseed based on record because it feels like you're still really giving the upper hand to that team. I think that makes sense. And by the way, Glenn, I will say this... uh, Part of the conversation Tim and I had on the radio, and and I agree 100% with you. And I worked in Harrisburg for several years. We used to go to Orioles games. My uh, my partner Greg Mace, rest in peace, oh, uh, used to go down the to best, you know, man. go. To, yeah, we used to go down there all the time because he was a die-hard Orioles guy. Yeah, um, and I thought about the fact that you'd all waited, and there are kids here who woke up having breakfast wearing their Orioles pajamas the night before. And putting on their, you know, uniforms. And they, were, and they were getting pounded early in that game. And you're like, geez, this really sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got to explain to your children these things happen. But wait, we won 101 games and Abby Rutschman's my hero. And it's, you know, it's sort of a, a, a cruel lesson in sports. But I absolutely empathize, you know, with you and with the kids in Baltimore. And anybody that suggests people who do what I do or you do for a living, we all grew up somewhere, but yep. when you get to do it on this national level, we always root for a five-game series. We yep. root for competitive games. Yep. Nobody likes when a team sweeps. From I'm speaking for me. I don't like when a team sweeps. I don't like blowouts. I want that Philly Brave intensity every game that we saw
0: yesterday yeah. there's
2: no there's no horses in any race for me
0: yep good content delivers good ratings there is no question about that that is the way that it works man i, I saw that uh, greg's son shared a picture of um yeah Bro- oh man that uh, that was really special and of course we've we've yeah. been, I, we all have our brooks stories so uh it's been a, yeah. a special couple of weeks Carl ravage really appreciate taking the time i know it's busy when you're doing a series like this so thank you so much for squeezing us in is there anything else i can plug for you besides uh tuning in for tonight it's,
2: no, 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 no. You've been great. I Look, I'm hoping we're back for a Game 5 Friday. I, 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 that's what I'm hoping for, and that's not rooting against no, the Rangers. It's right, it's, that's rooting for the best series. That's it,
0: all. It's good news for you. I completely get it. Carl Ravitch, truly appreciate <laughs> you, man. Thank you for spending a few minutes Thanks with us. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you. Carl Ravitch from ESPN. Great stuff. Um, really enjoyed that conversation. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't like the conversation right now. It's what I said to Jeremy last week. I, I don't like doing it because it feels like loser talk. To Carl's point, you know, the the Braves figured it out. They woke up in just enough time. After they fell behind last night. God, what a scene that was. I chose baseball as my primary viewing and football as my backup viewing last night, and boy am I glad I made that decision. <sighs> yeah. Some bad, bad football, man. Man, I mean, uh, I Max Crosby wasn't bad football, and what uh, the, God that guy Spillane, <laughs> that dude has got to be one of the more fascinating. Like, I I don't think he's good, but he is always making plays, always. It's like the it's nuts you know,
1: in the right spot. He's like Minka Fitzpatrick it's, almost. No, right Minka Fitzpatrick
0: everything. is is a special player. He's he's got talent above that level he's a special Robert Spillane is not a special player he's he's a guy he's LJ Ford he's you know Josh Bynes he's somebody like that and yet god he's always making plays um but there was a lot of bad football last night there was a lot of just what what are you doing guy like what is this what was Jordan Love thinking chucking the ball like that Uh, you got to throw that ball out of the back of the end zone it was kind of nuts. Anyway, um, I bring that all up to say that I, I was choosing primarily to watch baseball. And, dude, the scene of Austin Riley hitting that home run and that place losing their effing minds as the fireworks are shooting off. That visual they got of atop the stadium, the TBS cut too quickly. I guess it was from a blimp or. I don't know if they had a, a drone or something like that, of that look. Damn, I was jealous. God, I was jealous. That's what we, I want, but Lord, I want what they have. Well, we're going to get it Friday, so. I hope you're right about that. <laughs> God, I hope you're right. Um, You know, I, I I actually, when I asked the question to Carl about Dean Kramer, I wasn't really talking about the situation in Israel. It certainly, you know, it it adds on to this, and, I don't I I'm not a sports psychiatrist. I'm not going to attempt to try to get into the mind of Dean Kramer. I was actually more referring to what we know of Dean Kramer and his personality, right? Like he is kind of professionally angry. It's just that's that's his mentality. Remember we were talking when we did our um predictions at the 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 second half prediction thing with Stan and we were all like, "Hey, who's going to be the game one pitcher in the playoffs?" And none of us picked Kyle Bradish, which is just the dumbest thing ever. Like, what a bunch of stupids we are. I I think you picked Kramer, right? I did. Right? I picked Kramer, yeah. And the point that I made then was, well, if there's someone that could fight their way to get the ball in game one, if there is someone that could say, you know, put the ball down on the mound, and if we all race out and wrestle in order to get the game one start, I could see it being Kramer. He just has this, you know, somebody would call it bulldog mentality. I I don't I think Bradish actually fits Bulldog because the results have been better. Like the, it, I don't know exactly how to define it with Kramer, but he pitches angry. He pitches. He's a great nice guy. He just pitches angry, and I don't know how dealing with this impacts him. It might very well be that he's completely capable of separating things and just. I certainly wouldn't have had that situation factor into the decision. Like, if I'm Brandon Hyde, I'm not considering that at all. It's based on, you know, you go to him, you say, you good? If he says he's good, then that's the end of that. Um, you know that I think that, that Gibson, to me, made a little bit of sense right now? I, you got you to gotta get five innings out of somebody. You can't win this series without it. And if you don't get it out of Kramer tonight and you got to turn to Gibson... Then there's nobody left to be able to give you five innings tomorrow. Like you could throw Grayson on short rest, but you're getting what two innings out of him? You could throw Flaherty again, but you're getting what
1: two innings? Yeah, two innings
0: probably out of him, and you'll you'll have to do that. I'm not saying you that you know you've got to leave Kramer out there tonight if he's in trouble in the third. I understand this is the way it works. If he's in trouble in the third. Uh, maybe you try to avoid Gibson, maybe. Uh, Imagine if he gets in trouble, though, in the first. If he's in trouble in the first, I I don't think you'd put Gibson in first. I think you'd put a reliever who's got a little bit more experience working in situations with runners on base. But then to start the second, you're probably going to Gibson. And you have to do that. You have no choice. But my gut tells me you're not going to be able to to win this series without someone stepping up and giving you five innings. And if you don't get it from Kramer tonight and you have to go to Gibson, then it ain't happening tomorrow either. So maybe you can piecemeal your way through it and Braddish can be the hero in game five and give you a, a big start to wrap up the series. I'll root like hell for that. But I would like I would prefer if Kramer could step up and do it today. That would be the better scenario, is if Dean Kramer just has the start of his life tonight. And ultimately, that's what this comes down to. To me, it's, as Carl points out, some of these Rangers players are having the moments of their life right now. Garver. It would be unfair to say that about Seeger because he's had quite a few moments. I don't think that five walks qualifies as the moment of his life, maybe the most patient moment of his life. Obviously, Carter is having the moment of his life. Yeah. Bradford, to his point, is having the moment of his life. Some Orioles have to have the moment of their lives. That's that's it. The Rangers have gotten it from three to four guys. Maybe, maybe I'm being disrespectful to Garver, and I don't know about something else he's done that's more remarkable than hitting a grand slam in game two of a playoff series. I don't, maybe he has accomplished something more significant than that. Probably I, not. Just, he was I, I don't think so.
1: He was on that Twins team that hit a bunch of home runs. So. Okay, I mean he's
0: got that going for him. Obviously Carter hasn't done anything more significant than this because he's literally on, yes he's he's twenty 21. correct. Um and Bradford certainly hasn't. I, I Heaney would be one that I I don't know what the most remarkable moment of Heaney's career is. He had like
1: ten strikeouts a couple times I think. Okay, that's not nothing,
0: but I don't know that it's as significant as this. Like there there I'm I'm painting a picture where four up to four rangers definitely three probably four rangers and, and is there somebody i'm not thinking of that maybe had the moment of their life in the first two games i
1: don't know young hit a home run that like that was big
0: that might be the moment of his life maybe <laughs> i might be i mean given again home run in the- given that there's not anything to judge it again that he's yeah. he's such a young player and it was such a critical spot right it was a one run game at that point sure fine i'll give you that's five Five guys who have had the moment of their lives for the Orioles. To be fair, DL Hall had it right. Like one has, DL Hall had the moment of his life in Game One. I, I I actually don't know about Aaron Hicks. I assume that Aaron Hicks has had other he significant hit that, moments. Uh, he
1: had a big home run, and I mean they ended up losing the series to the Astros, but it was okay. twenty nineteen or seventeen. All right, so I'm
0: not gonna I'm not gonna put Aaron Hicks definitively on the list. Like yeah, maybe, but I mean yeah and also again his home run came when it was a six run game right. like let's not let's not maybe oversell that moment although in the first inning that was a massive hit right like that was a massive game was in the balance type of play I'll give him like a like a one and a, a thumb one and a no I already gave the thumb no, give to give him a pinky I'll right, give him a pinky whatever point is I got five on one hand I got one and a maybe a maybe a third a quarter one and a quarter on the other hand that's the difference right now somebody else has to step up and have that moment. I guess Gunnar hitting a home run counts in, for something. In a 10, what was it? Yeah, that's true. 10-4? Yeah. 10 or something. But, I mean, what are we measuring it against is what we're trying to figure out.
1: <laughs> better not be his moment of his life. I bet,
0: damn well, better not be. You get the point. You get what I'm saying. That's, this is what this is going to come down to. Does someone have the moment of their life in them tonight, tomorrow night? Does someone have a... Three for four. God damn it. Jorge. Yeah, Jorge on. Damn he it. I just realized he really did have the moment. Of- F.
1: We used them all up. Guy. That's it. Hit both
0: of us at the exact same yeah. time.
1: <laughs> as soon as you said three son hit game, we were a, like, oh.
0: Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Piss. We got one of those. It was a four hit game. <laughs> Still, you get you get the point. I've made the point. I don't need to continue to belabor it. <laughs> got to have that. Or it's just not going to happen. That's the reality. This is not going to happen casually. It's not going to happen... One of these guys, either Kramer or Bats or some combination or Kramer and another reliever, it, they can't casually come back from down 2-0 in this series. It's got to be Dramatic. It's got to be spectacular, or it ain't happening. Kind of plain and as simple as that, or it ain't happening. All right, today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We will update the lamar meter because we let some crazy bastard moved up to 65% last week so okay. we got to we got to write that ship and we'll do it next it's Glenn Clark radio why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, SuperBook Sports. This fall, SuperBook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, SuperBook will give you a bonus of up to two hundred fifty dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn Clark twenty three G L E N N C L A R K two three. So bet with the best. and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Great Ace memorabilia.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and A.J. Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Picking a restaurant to try for the first
4: time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check! And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check! 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 Costas Inn 4100 North Point Boulevard They check
0: all the boxes Visit Harford County this fall Celebrate arts across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations of bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford libation trail for more info head to visit harford.com maryland open what company has the expertise to make your home healthier
4: by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria
0: aj michaels Heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis AJMichaels.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and
5: technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your
6: local Toyota dealer today. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash
0: PressBoxOnline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. If you missed it yesterday, Stan the Fan, Charles, Ross Grimsley, and Luke Jackson caught up to try to talk about whether or not, with the same topic that, of course, we're discussing, Can the Orioles dig their way out of this 0-2 hole? If you missed that show, you can find it, facebook.com slash sports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan, Ross, and Luke. After, uh, what is obviously a disappointing weekend for the birds. All right. All right. Add James Conner, by the way, to the list of not on, I don't own James. I have no James Conner shares. But uh
1: he is my only running back in. Oh
0: boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Who's the DeMercado? Is that the guy or is yeah. there another guy there that I'm not?
1: Uh yeah, it's DeMercado. I think they what did they do? They did
0: they did they, they, did, claim they claimed Tony, uh, Tony Jones. Jones. Uh, yeah. Does he move That's ahead of DeMercado or don't think
1: so. I don't think.
0: But he's actually like I don't know anything about De Mercado. What is his story? He
1: is an undrafted. He wasn't invited to the combine. He he was undrafted. Yeah, I've never heard like, of the guy. Um, Amari know, was just
0: Amari De Mercado yeah. is his name, and he came from TCU apparently. Uh,
1: Peyton told me to pick him up so, uh, Sunday morning when I was like, "This is Peyton Khan, uh, yes,
0: uh, Jeremy's yes. son, who also works a radio like, station." Uh,
1: I was like, uh, I don't know." Because I had Trooper Hubbard on my roster, and I was like, "I think you know, I'm just gonna
0: oh." That's, right, right. That's where your faith was gonna be. <laughs>
1: well, I was like, I have Connor, so am I starting mercado and Connor? And I probably should. It wouldn't have mattered. I think I got killed.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's gonna matter moving forward. <laughs> Will Dude, it's <laughs> Gonna matter. It's the way it goes. All right. Um, let's go ahead and update the Lamar meter. And I, I, we screwed this up last week. What was going on that we didn't? I don't uh, remember. Do we, we have a busy, busy Tuesday? Do we yeah, have like a bunch of guests we, or something? What we do on Tuesday. That's very unlike us. <laughs> We probably did three hours about nothing. Yeah, Orioles, just Orioles were in the playoffs. They uh, just end up getting you know. mad at you about something. Is that what happened?
1: That does sound like that does sound like yeah. us. Oh, uh, we had a uh, 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 Cal Ripken joined us. That ah, day. He,
0: that was significant. Yes, <laughs> those are good days. Yeah, when Cal Ripken joins you. Um,
1: so it got away from us, I guess.
0: Friday, <laughs> I remembered we hadn't set the Lamar meter for the week, and so stay. I think the baseball thing is really. I, I, a lot of people were trying to do this last week. There's no juice for Raven Steelers, is it just in? I'm like, well, it's not what it was, but, co- dude, we're all baseball right now. We're all absurdly obsessed with baseball at the moment. We care about football on Sundays, and then we care about baseball the rest of the week. So I let Stan set the Lamar meter, and then I immediately regretted the decision. <laughs> Stan... Move the meter up to 65%. I don't,
1: I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were the guy that said Lamar stinks. I didn't say he stinks. <laughs> I said he
1: lost the game yesterday.
0: Oh, for God's sakes. Don't. 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 Don't.
1: Did not say he stunk.
0: So. I still think it's a 60. I,
1: I appreciate.
0: I appreciate the um, kind of blind belief. But this also falls in the I don't do shtick" territory it's unreasonable to suggest mathematically that on this day, the Ravens have a 65% chance of winning a Super Bowl in the next five years because it's just not easy to do. And there are 32 teams and, you know, they're three and two. So, by the way, if the season ended today, would they be in the playoffs?
1: <sighs> Excellent question. I don't know
0: if there's anybody that bothers to keep track of all the tiebreakers and everything. Like they, they wouldn't win the division if the season ended today, right? Because that would be no. the yeah. The Steelers, be the Steelers would have the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker.
1: they two and one and have the head-to-head.
0: Right. So I don't know. I don't know how that works. That's just sort of an
1: I whatever. Conference. Who cares.
0: 65% is out of control. Now I had it at 24 or 25%, right? It was where they I had They would be it. in the playoffs. Yes. They would be in the The
1: playoffs. wild cards would be the Colts uh-huh.
0: and the Bills and the Ravens. Just the Colts, just like we all expected. <laughs> just like we all expected. So I had it at 25 or 26. Where did I have uh, it? You had it at got to remember.
1: Uh, We h- were up to 24 after the win against the Bengals. And then we right, dropped it to, to 20, 20 after
0: the Colts game. The but Colts. then there was another update. wasn't there before. Um, was there? No, that was it.
1: Yeah, I think that might have been it because we...
0: Because we missed last yeah, week, yeah, and that was, was after week. the win yeah. over the... Okay, fair enough. So it was at 20. It was at 20. It was the most recent update. What was it, 65? No. My most recent <laughs> update. The most recent reasonable update. Not just saying anything for the sake of saying anything. Which, again, we're not going to do here. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, this is the weird part about this is that like Lamar played brilliantly on Sunday. So like the Lamar aspect of this is it, it just backs up all of the good things that had happened to start the season, but yet they lost. And now we have questions about this team's ability to handle adversity because it continues to be their story. And within this season specifically, it certainly doesn't feel good what their chances are. I I don't want to just have this become like a never-ending pattern of if they lose, I bump it back to 20%, but it's kind of how I'm feeling. I'll give a slight edge because Lamar played so well in the loss. 21%. 21 percent is the number Lamar played really well if that's a sign of him continuing to raise his game the concerns that come out of that game one are the most matter of fact of concerns that you know type things like tiebreakers things that could matter in terms of you hosting a playoff game going into that game you were very much in the mix to like be the number one seed and get a buy in the playoffs that doesn't feel quite as likely coming out of it. You certainly, if, if you had thought that the Ravens had moved themselves in the territory of upper echelon of AFC teams, right, like Miami, Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, it, it's a harder thing to feel this week than it was then. So the like, while they're only a game back of those teams, the likelihood of them getting a number one seed, it, it don't feel great at the moment. There's still reason to think that they are ascending offensively. You can't fathom a group of pass catchers performing that poorly ever again. I mean, that's a historically bad performance. Is it fair to start having questions? Is it fair to start saying things like, when do we measure what Rashad Bateman is? Probably not yet. Mm, Probably not yet. This is Not is, enough of a sample size. This is year three. It's year three, year but three. there's, you know, he just hasn't played for much of it. And then he was hurt and just came back. I think you need a little bit more. I think once you get to week nine or ten, I would say week ten of this season, I think it might be fair to start having that conversation. Today, I don't think it is. You want to talk about, you know, Is it fair to wonder if Ronnie Stanley will ever be the same? No, that's not a fair conversation to have after one game. That's unreasonable. He just got back, give him two weeks, and for the most part, we've seen this before, where Ronnie Stanley's gotten hurt and come back, and he's been Ronnie Stanley again. So I'm not willing to go there because he whiffed on one block late. I'm not willing to have that conversation. Uh, A lot of the conversation over the last 48 hours, I've heard you know, it's about the nature of the running back room that they're just not dynamic enough. Uh, Okay. I mean, okay. I I don't know how that's changing. Again, could the Ravens trade for a running back? With Jonathan Taylor off the board, like, who's the running back you're trading for? Who's the... You don't want to pay a running back, and you want to trade. You want to give up draft assets for a running back. Who is that?
1: Steelers. Uh, they're not using Najee Harris. Well, they're not. It looks like Jalen
0: Warren's probably going to be the primary back. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you. But who's the who is the trade target at running back? I I don't see that. Dalvin Cook's not on the the in the equation any longer. I don't. Think the Jets are going to turn around and deal him again? But
1: yeah, I mean they don't use Michael Carter at all. So okay,
0: great, that's going to solve your problems.
1: are names out there.
0: I understand, but like you have Michael Carter, you have better than Michael Carter. In, in order to trade for a running back, you'd have to be seriously upgrading, and that pl- that player ain't available. I have the Titans fall flat on their face. I don't. I, I don't know the edge rush thing is the thing that i'll continue to talk about till the cows come home and really why won't the cows just come home for god wait how has it taken this long for these cows to come home what are they doing out there i'll talk about it for forever because it ain't there nobody wants to talk about it after this game because the defense played well it's not on the defense and i agree but it's a bigger conversation than that no matter how much you want to shut it out they don't have anyone as far as edge rushers are concerned, that wins. Finishes. Van Clowney had been winning a little bit to start the season. He didn't do anything on Sunday. But to start the season, he had been winning. He just hadn't finished at all. I'm not down on the whole on this team, but I can't pretend that I feel good about their chances. And... The adversity thing is the thing that stands out the most to me. That's the thing of of all of this conversation. The one thing that comes back to me like this this does make me feel like they don't have a good chance to win the Super Bowl is they have not proven to be able to handle adversity. And until they do, I'm going to have to continue to operate with the premise that this is kind of who they are. And they shouldn't be. They've got too many veterans, and there's too many guys that are talented on this team for them to just wilt consistently in these moments. And it's why, yeah, I do blame John Harbaugh for that. But until they prove otherwise, until they get punched in the mouth and punch back, it's kind of who they are. So twenty-one percent. That's the number for the Lamar meter. Again, what we're measuring is the likelihood that the Ravens will win a Super Bowl in the five year length, the life of Lamar Jackson's current contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Why does John and Little what is John? John said, can we opt to play the under for Ravens Titans on our weekly picks? No, we're not going to do I guess that's just two teams playing in London, so assume that they're not going to score. The Ravens are all settled in in London. I was seeing everybody post their videos. They're staying at like a weird They're not staying at like a downtown hotel. They're staying like They're staying at like a castle. A kind of looks like it. Did you oh. see like Marlon oh. Humphrey's Instagram? Like it's definitely it now. some sort of like cottage or chalet. I don't know how to describe it. Like it is not a modern hotel room. It is a small S- solid
1: flat for the week.
0: Did you see it? Uh
1: oh, it looks weird. Um
0: that's not a modern hotel room. That's not a downtown...
1: It's like they all got Airbnbs or something? I don't
0: think it's an Airbnb. I don't think it's that, but it's, it's some sort of lodge of some sort. I guess we could reach out to people we know and kind of ask what the... Did you see Tyas's video last night? Tyas was sharing a video where they were like, wherever this place is, it was definitely not in a downtown area. They were like driving through the middle of nowhere in order to get there. He like posted a video on Instagram that was like, where are we? Like what? Are, where are we going? <laughs> so it's weird. I don't really oh care. My God, yeah, yeah. You see it.
1: Yeah. So they are like in you know the. Uh,
0: they are on the outskirts of London. Yeah, they are not staying in in downtown London proper. I don't know where exactly. Yeah, it's staying. a one
1: lane road. Like,
0: I also don't care. To be clear, looks like, not, it looks like my. House. I'm not there. It doesn't impact me in any way. If they think that this is going to be helpful, like get them away from the city, get them away from distractions, get them away from you know all of that then you know i'll listen right like i whatever they think was a problem the last time and if that's why they're doing it different this time sure i i hear you because that was an abomination and i would do literally everything a different way if for no other reason than just for the name of you know bad juju I would try to do everything a different Rishaw way.
1: Rashad Bateman's shopping at Balen- the Balenciaga store right now. It looks like. Well, that's different.
0: That yeah. I would assume is in London proper. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's. I know Rashad Bateman's a fashion type, so that doesn't surprise yeah. me all that there, much. There's where he is. That would presumably yeah. be in in proper London. Um, <laughs> I don't. Can you? Can we make it? You know what? I just realized we could probably use that third box on right. the video to like uh, yeah. screen share things, couldn't we? If we just kept. I think. If we just kept Zoom signed in. Mm-hmm. Then you could just. Yeah. Sc- wouldn't that work? Am I am I missing? Am I crazy here? I Couldn't we just share screen? Like you could pull something up on your phone and screen share it if you were signed into the Zoom meeting. Oh, yeah. I don't. I man, well. it's next level. We we'll can. We don't have to do it right now. We can spend time on it afterwards. But I was thinking about that. Like we might have the, abili- the ability to, for example, share video. Right. Like if we pre-record an interview. I'm doing. I'm doing. Con- I'm doing off-air stuff on air. I need to. I need to back up. My fault. My fault. Um, but I was thinking about that uh, yesterday. That maybe we could figure out a way that we could do some more screen sharing moving forward, and wouldn't that be uh, wouldn't that be swell to add to what it is that we're presenting here at Glen Clark Radio? Yes, the Ravens have arrived in London. They are settled in wherever it is that they are staying, which appears to be on the outskirts of town, and they are trying to prepare uh, over there for this football game on Sunday. And we'll start getting injury reports tomorrow to see if the Ravens can get even healthier ahead of the game i think the bigger story is will some of the guys who played yesterday perhaps take another some of the guys it wasn't yesterday it was sunday Will some of those guys take another step forward and look better marcus williams marlon humphrey ronnie stanley it it, it is ironic right like all of the guys who had issues not all of them but go through the list of guys that had issues on sunday Marcus Williams was on the list. Marlon Humphrey was on the list. Tyler Linderbaum was on the list. I don't think either of us had Ronnie Stanley on our list, but we easily could have given that whiff, right? Like um Rashad Bateman was on the list. I-, I certainly don't blame Odell Beckham at all for the what happened in the end zone. Like it was a horrendous play call. Although you know what? If you want me to criticize Odell Beckham, one of the things I would say is he got jammed on the line and got bodied. Like, he had no physicality to offer to try to battle with Joey Porter Jr. on the outside. I still don't think it absolves the play. Like, he's the third problem to me of the three problems. It was a bad play call, poor execution, all of it. But I, I don't want to say that Odell Beckham was zero as far as the problem there. Like, he also did not have much to offer on the line against Joey Porter Jr. He was pretty much manhandled physically on the outside there but such is life you can't do anything about that today but all of those guys that were coming back and getting back out on the field all of them were part of the problem on sunday all of them either found their way onto our list or could have found their way onto their, our list i don't think anybody that was returning from injury looked particularly good on sunday so i think the bigger question might not be who's playing but who's ready to look like themselves again and take another step forward towards being the player that the Ravens need them to be. All right. Is there anything else Ravens? I feel like there was something else Ravens. We didn't get a Monday press conference from John Harbaugh, so there was nothing to oh, react to I there. Know. Yeah, right? Real See, disappointing. Real. I know you camp out, actually. <laughs> yeah. You're like out there waiting outside the building. Um, he,
1: that is his tell-all, typically, of the week. Uh, yeah, that
0: is normal. normally gives you all the information that you need. Every single.
1: How are they doing press this week? Right.
0: Is it like uh well whoever's there I don't know they are doing media availability. Is it like over Zoom London. now or is or no I I mean like if I most think of the travel, travel? I don't think most of them did but I think some did like I'm pretty sure. Guess
1: we'll find out Wednesday.
0: I'm pretty sure the Sun and the Banner probably sent one person. I'm mean, gonna guess that ESPN sent Hen- Jameson Hensley or sending Jam- Jameson Hensley. I don't know about the Athletic and Jeffs Rebeck in a in a different world i like I know that Jeff Rebeck was there the last time, but I don't know with the athletic kind of tightening the purse strings in the last right. year for everybody but Diana Rossini. I'm not sure if that changes anything. i I and would still some think, people
1: could just choose to go and
0: yeah, I mean that's true too I guess I don't know I don't know who just has that line around well, and obviously when go to London, the in house media you know like will be there as yeah. well, like the Ravens in house crew will be there for sure, so. You know they'll do media media availabilities, and I believe that like when these games happen, there are local London writers that Dying actually you know like, cover the yeah these games yeah. like they're big events. So you'll get information throughout the week, and there will be injury reports and the whole thing, despite the fact that the Ravens aren't here. Uh, but did you see but also Roger Goodell did a press conference this weekend, or not a, like a Q and A with fans in London? Oh,
1: it's it's all part of this. And
0: one of the things that he brought up was that they purposely did this with the Jaguars because they wanted to see the impact of playing consecutive games in London because in the future they're going, you know, and he did said it very casually. He said, when when we have teams in London. And whoever the guy was that was talking to him was like, did you say teams? Like multiple teams? He was like, Yes, we're we're thinking about multiple teams being in London. It was just interesting to me. Not that I I think that we're moving towards that, but what he was suggesting was that if this were to occur that there would likely be a scenario where they would attempt to schedule it so that you would play Maybe both London teams and play them in back to back weeks and try to figure out a way to make that. Uh, what do you have it? Yeah, I think so. Do you yeah. want to play I it? I guess. And I don't really care that much yeah. about it, but sure, go, we got it, whatever.
2: The Jaguars are playing consecutive games over here and staying over here. And part of that is just to, to see how would teams react to that? How would, you know, is it a, is it a competitive disadvantage or advantage, one way or the other? Um, we'll learn something from that that will help us determine. Can we play more games? Could a team actually play over here? So if somebody came over here to play against a London franchise, and let's say there was more than one team over here, they would probably stay for a few weeks. So this will help us
5: understand. All right, my ears just pricked up. You just said more than one team. More than one London team. You did. All right, I'm just checking.
0: MJD, do you think that if... if. Okay, so that's not really... I mean, yeah. this is not all that information. I like somebody had said to me that like the NFL could try to, in order to make this work, could try to create a Europe division, and the same way that they're now currently playing games in like you know Germany, that they could be using this to create a world in which it's a thirty-six team league in the future, with for example two London teams, a Germany team, and you know insert whatever the other one would be, Paris. Dublin, you know, whatever the uh, the fourth location would be, in order to have a division, and then you could do this, like, where a team goes over and plays, If you if the division that you're assigned to play that year is the Europe division, then you go over and you play your two Europe games back-to-back weeks, and then you go and- back.
1: And I guess they would have to maybe they add another buy as well. So they would almost
0: I, certainly have to do that at this point. But they, you know, they want to add more regular more games, season games too. To. So yeah. you know, look, man, I don't have all the answers, and I still think that it's far. It's, I still think it's too much. I still think we're we're getting a little too crazy with this. But it is at least interesting, and I don't blame them for trying to experiment to figure out how it might work. All right, uh, we need to figure out how it's going to work without Justin Jefferson or Devon Achan or, you do. or James Conner. See, that's why I didn't go after those players. Right, you didn't have the good ones because <laughs> they were just going to let you down. Anthony Richardson might be somebody's <laughs> starter, right? Like You've got to figure out what life is going to look like this week as we got a ton of injuries to deal with. Uh, we will do that with our buddy Joe Serpico when we come back in. Hey, don't forget that coming up, on sunday the return of project game day and it'll obviously be a much earlier version of project game day because the ravens game should be wrapping up somewhere around 12 30 p.m be really nice if we could knock it out and have an entire afternoon worth of being able to watch football it's not something that we've been able to do much this season so that'd be neat if it would work out that way Project Game Day returns this Sunday. Find out more at pressboxonline.com slash gameday. You can watch it live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Myself, Rita, Femi Bedejo, and a rotating uh, cast of characters, guests, friends that join us throughout the course of the season. We hope to see you this Sunday for the return of Project Game Day. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. And use the promo code GLENCLARK23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Maryland 5 Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit maryland 5 for tickets.
3: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership of Press Box and Great Ace Memorabilia.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and A.J. Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the
7: expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all
4: viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most
5: out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals
6: on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at, wait, are people supposed to know about that? Uh, just got a nice note. Thank
0: you, John but Little Rock. I just saw your note about uh, the show yesterday. That was very nice of you. I appreciated that. But also, I, I had forgotten that we needed to talk about the fact that, on top of everything else, the Rangers now have Creed on their side. Apparently, they have been fueling this postseason run by channeling their inner Kirk Cousins and blasting Creed in the clubhouse. And I damn it, I don't know that things can bring, what brings people better to, together better than embracing terrible music. I mean, they, there really is something about it. Where everyone from the outside is like, what are you doing? And they're like, no, 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 we know exactly what we're doing. This can't be shared by other people. You can't have this thing. It's ours. If everybody was, you know, embracing, I don't even know, what what Olivia Rodrigo, well, that would make sense. She makes good music. Everybody digs her. This works better when it's something that's objectively bad. You're embracing the suck. You're celebrating the suck. It does bring people together. I hate it. I hate it. And I'm worried about that. And that's what the Orioles are up against right now is, yes, the apparently there was a story that came out over the weekend that the Rangers have been fueling their postseason run by listening to Creed and pumping Creed in the clubhouse and it's working son of a bitch (sighs) all right now joining us here this morning on gcr we need to get ready for waiver wire wednesday and it is a tough week injury wise lot going on that we need to cover he is our friend joe serpico press box fantasy football analyst and he is with us brought to you by live casino and hotel joe good morning sir how are you
2: Good to talk to you guys. I heard you just mentioned tough week injury-wise, but let's face it, it's still a light week when it comes to waiver wire pickups.
0: And that's the difficult part, right? Because I will tell you that, for example, in our Press Box League, where I am rolling, I am an owner of both Justin Jefferson and Devon A. Chan. And so it is a suck week for me. And yet I sit here finding myself saying, but am I really putting in a waiver wire claim this week? Like, am I actually doing that and despite losing two significant pieces, I don't know that I am. Let's let's take it one at a time, right? Because I feel like the one that maybe would be most willing to consider would be if you are a Justin Jefferson owner, are you putting in a claim for K.J. Osborne?
2: If you are super desperate and you need to make a waiver claim, Let's say you don't have any other receivers on your roster, yes. But I'm still, even with Justin Jefferson down, yeah, somebody's got to pick up uh, the slack with Jefferson gone. I just think this just means more opportunities for Jordan Addison, and I think TJ Hawkinson is somebody we're really going to see touch the ball quite a bit uh, these next couple weeks. Uh, am I putting a waiver claim on Osborne? I'm kind of hoping he's somebody that's going to be lingering around. Honestly, everybody that I'm mentioning today, except for maybe one or two guys, yeah. uh, I'm kind of steering clear of as far as fab money. Uh, and I'm trying to hope that I pick him up. Like I said, it's just a very light week, despite all the injuries.
0: If you if it doesn't require fab money, if you're in a league where it's just a claim, um, I, I still get it where you'd say you wouldn't want to use high waiver priority. I don't know, man. Maybe if... If you, I, I think in one league, I've I put in claims in back-to-back weeks, so I'm low waiver priority. Like, maybe I might as well go ahead and put in a claim. But, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, To Achan, I I, I don't think Salvin Ahmed suddenly becomes a factor, right? Like, I think this is just Raheem Mostert's going to be the star of the show moving forward.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, there's also a possibility that uh, there's some talk that maybe Jeff Wilson comes back this week. Oh, this was, week, honestly, wow. My – yeah, my preseason darling going into the going into the season before we saw what is it, what I Achan has become. I think truth be told, I think Achan ran away literally with the job this past week, despite what's crazy about Achan is he's got half the number of touches compared to everybody else that's in the uh top ten of fantasy running backs and he is currently running back number three, which is insane. So yeah, it is a tough loss to him. Uh, I Jeff Wilson is somebody who depending on, again, your running back situation, I could make a claim for him, kind of stash him away, because let's face it, we know the history with uh, Raheem Mostert, injury-wise, hasn't been the greatest as well. So you're an injury away from maybe Jeff Wilson being that guy. I- I'm hesitant, like you said, uh, Zalane Ahmed. Uh, I have every intention of thinking they're trying to keep him at number three, so he's not really a play for me. So if anybody I'm trying to pick up in that Dolphins backfield, is Jeff Wilson for – Kind of a stash to see if he comes back this week, great. If not, you know, he's a stash and go for the rest so of the way. Talk, so
0: talk me through that. If you're thinking about it, either because you're an HN owner or, for example, you're um, like our friend Griffin here and you have no running backs at all on a team, um, what would you be spending fab-wise, like, you know, if you're thinking about Jeff Wilson?
2: If you, I mean, if you really want him on your team, and it also depends, obviously, on how much uh, fab money you've got to spend. But let's say like 3 4 maybe $5 to get him on your team just because we are inching closer to that time of the year where I'm going to start saying to get as many handcuffs on your team. Uh, I know it's a little bit early to talk about that, but I, it's already week six and buys are coming in plenty. Uh, so we're starting to reach that time of the year where I want as many backup running backs as possible as opposed to having, let's say, a, you know, Six wide receiver that i'm almost never going to play even during all these five weeks
0: all right let's continue talking about the injury situations we go now to indianapolis where anthony richardson is sidelined i assume that gardner Minshew is probably not someone you're prioritizing um i guess let's at least talk through it and and where are you finding quarterback help if you had sort of you know thrown your hopes and prayers around anthony richardson
2: Gardner Minshew will be a decent option, especially if you're in a quarterback, you know, a two-quarterback league and a super flex league. He's not a bad guy to put in, in those two spots there. When he's played, he's done well. We saw, you know, last year with the Eagles, a couple times he played. He was fantasy relevant, actually the year before that as well. His time in Jacksonville, he was borderline a quarterback you could use in fantasy as well. Uh, is it a guy that I'm rushing to go get? Not necessarily because, again, you know, it's probably only going to pay the four games, so I'm not trying to overly spend to get him. Now, if you're in a situation like me where I started here with Aaron Rodgers, and now I tried to Jordan Love, and then I tried Derek Carr, and then I tried Sam Howell. So uh, there's a strong possibility maybe Gardner Minshew might be uh, a possibility for, for me for the next week or so. I'm not saying I'm putting him in the top 15 just yet. I do think it is a bump in value for all the Colts receivers. Let's just face it, Minshew is a better passer at this stage of his career than uh, Anthony Richardson is. So I do like uh, you know, Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman and even Josh Downs a little bit more than I did, let's say, a week ago.
0: But that's still, you're not putting in a waiver claim for Gardner
2: Minshew.
0: No, right no, no. Like I said, just because he's, if I'm wasting
2: fab money, I want it on somebody who's going at to, this, at this stage, is going to hold me, hopefully for obviously injuries for, uh, can change that, but somebody that's going to carry me the rest of the way. So if I really need... I mean, quarterbacks this year is another one So kind of, kind of brutal, uh, kind of like a tight end position. If you're not having one of the top 15 guys, you're just kind of streaming along and just living by a prayer, essentially. Or I'm but no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wasting a waiver claim on him unless I'm super desperate.
0: All right, what if you're carrying now three quarterbacks on your roster between Lawrence Stafford and Stroud because you can't, for the life of you, figure out which one of them to start each week and you don't know who to just go ahead and part ways with, which again becomes my scenario. I guess I'm starting Lawrence this week, but I don't feel good about any of it. Um, to Arizona, with James Conner sidelined. I, De Mercado, I don't know anything about. I, I couldn't have told you that this was a human being five days ago. But I, I, I feel like you almost like have to put in a claim for De Mercado, particularly if you're a Conner owner, right? It's,
2: if you're a Connor owner, yes, you absolutely have to. It looks like it's his job. We, you know, we got the injury to him and the injury. Keontae Ingram's been out for the past two games. Doesn't sound like uh, he's going to come back this week. Uh, Corey Clement is a veteran that's on that roster. I'm not sure if he was active on Sunday, so that could be a reason why DiMarcado got all of the touches. I would anticipate that Clement's probably going to get some some play this week if uh, both Connor and Ingram missed the game, but if, Based on what we saw this past week, it looks like DeMarcado is going to be the guy. And let's face it, you're 100% right. I had to do a double check when I was like, who the hell is this guy? Um, But Let's face it, that's fantasy football. Volume is king. And he's going to be the guy in Arizona, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, kind of like what I just said about uh, Gardner Minshew. I'm not going crazy for fab money to get him on my roster. I might. Do a couple bucks here and there because he is more of a more of a need at the running back position as say like quarterbacks are. Uh, so I'm willing to spend a couple bucks to get him on my team. But let's just face it, he's, you know, a couple week uh player for you and then once Connor's back, you would anticipate that's his job going yeah, forward, unless the injury is a lot more severe than you know we've heard. So no
0: far. no question, but obviously, you know, I don't know who has not everybody has a couple of weeks to play with, so they kinda need to be desperate in some Absolutely circumstances. right. Uh, as far as Chicago's concerned, I don't think that you're actually putting a claim in on Foreman, right? Because you're, like, if Roshan Johnson gets cleared, I presume that he's the guy. So how do you handle all of that?
2: Yeah, it all depends on Roshan Johnson. Uh, the, the one added benefit is that they played on Thursday night. Uh, no game this season, let's say Sunday to Sunday, have we seen a player clear the concussion protocol in a week. Now with the added days, we might see Roshan be able to clear um, the concussion protocol by Sunday. So there is a possibility he plays. And I didn't include him just because I kind of figured he's most likely rostered uh, throughout the league. Now, if he's not able to go, then yes, Dante Foreman is a guy who's been a, kind of a surprise healthy and active for most of the season. I think that's because Travis Homer is a little bit better as a uh, special teams guy. But if all those guys are down, then yeah, Foreman's the guy that, Again, kind of like I just said with Demarcado. It might be a one-week thing, maybe a two-week thing, uh, based on how long that uh, Khalif Herbert is out. But Foreman's a guy I would definitely try to get at least start for this week. I know all my daily fantasy lineups is a good possibility he's going to be in it just because I know he's going to be kind of dirt cheap. And let's face it, they got nobody. Uh, they were playing a fullback and running back on uh, this past week. So they've got to have somebody up. And if uh, Johnson's down, it's going to have to be Foreman. And it wouldn't surprise me if they pick up Somebody, I believe they actually already did pick up somebody off of someone's practice
0: squad. Yeah, and I guess we should have brought that up. Like, you're not stashing Tony Jones in Arizona, are you?
2: No, oh, I forgot that they picked him up. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's a little bit too soon. You know, you just got to get acclimated to the offense. I know running backs, you know, you could just tell them, hey, just go. But I think uh, with the familiarity of Mercado's guy, and let's face it, Tony Jones has been bouncing around the league. I just think that this is a guy that's just there. For a couple of weeks until Connor gets back.
0: Um, Josh Reynolds, is. are we at the point now where like he should be owned and maybe even started?
2: It's, well, especially with the injury to Amon Ross St. Brown this past weekend. Yeah, he was a guy, again, I was kind of targeting DFS because he was cheap. Uh, it sounds like Jameson Williams is going to kind of be eased back in. We don't know how long this uh, ab injury is going to hold out St. Brown. So somebody's got to catch passes in Detroit. Uh, We talked about it last week. They're chucking the ball quite a bit, and at least for the time being, it looks like Josh Reynolds, he has some familiarity with uh, Jared Goff dating back to their time with the Rams, and it looks like they have the most chemistry between all the healthy wide receivers right now. So, yeah, if you need somebody in a pinch, uh, he's become the de facto wide receiver one right now until St. Brown comes back. I do think over time Williams will kind of take over that role, and, again, he might throw it a whole bunch, So maybe all three can be fantasy relevant.
0: Is there anything else injury-wise that we're not – that we're forgetting about, <laughs> Joe? Like, I feel like there's been so much this week. Anything that we've forgotten about?
2: The only one that really, like, comes to my mind is the injury to Travis Kelsey. We've got to see what's the case yeah, there. right. At the same time, I'm not rushing to go get Noah Gray on my team or Blake Bell or whatever other tight end they have on that roster because they just seem to rotate. Uh, there are backup guys there. I'm not making an immediate rush to go get those. If you're, like – in a 16-team league and everybody's taken and you're super desperate, all right, maybe I could see you taking a flyer on a Noah Gray, but those aren't necessarily anybody that I'm uh, really putting in waiver claim for any of those Chiefs tight ends.
0: All right, so here, in my league where I'm carrying the three quarterbacks, like, so I, I it's Stafford, Lawrence, and Stroud are the quarterbacks that I'm carrying. I could, I could put in a claim for or wait and see – if Demercado or, and this is a league where I lost A-chan, if De Mercado or, say, Wilson is available, would you put a claim for either one of them in and drop a quarterback, or would you wait and see if either one of them were available on Thursday and drop a quarterback?
2: I would wait, uh, just because, like I said, I know you lost HN, chan but you're one that has fools, goal, uh, fools, riches over there. You've got more than enough talent on that team. You're the only one five zero. That's, that's that's not. Matt, this is points? this is
0: in a different league. This is in a different oh, okay, league. I, was say, yeah, I yeah. thought you
2: almost put up two hundred points in our league. I, I did. Like, hey, I had okay. a good week this week.
0: But and, and by the way, I still have Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor in the other league. So like you know, I, I'm I'm doing all right over there. But I'm not exactly sure exactly where they're going to be with Jonathan Taylor this week. I I don't know. And I also. I'm also the guy, i got to be honest with you, Joe, that likes blocking somebody else, that likes taking someone off the table that could have helped somebody else. That's, that's, that's in my blood. I can't help myself when it comes to that. Um,
2: I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that as well, though. So I do it all the time. That's why in leagues where I have kickers and defenses, I know I'm not going to use those last two spots, but I'm keeping them away from somebody else. So I'm, I'm 100% with you on that strategy. Right. Fantasy defense is what I call it.
0: Joe Serpico is with us, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. This is a good question from Dan. Dan says, Joe, are you starting to recognize that Rishi Rice is maybe emerging in Kansas City, and if he is available in my league, how quickly should I be trying to get him?
2: It's been a tough year for the Chiefs receivers just because every week it seems to be like it's a different guy that kind of steps up. You know you have your one constant, which is Kelsey, Uh, We saw week one, it was, you know, they were trying to force feed Tony and he just had, you know, basically the drop similar to what we saw with the Ravens over the weekend. Um, Then the following week, they were trying to get MVS more involved. And then the next week it's Rasheed Rice. And then the following week, it's uh, Sky Moore. Uh, So, yeah, is there a little bit of increase in playing time for them? Absolutely. Uh, Somebody's going to, like, have to step up with Kelsey out. Uh, Rice... I probably have somewhere sitting around as like a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. Again, it kind of depends on where your situation is moving forward. Now, I kind of alluded to it a little bit last week. Uh, Bye weeks are approaching, and big time, especially next week. you got six teams on a bye next week. So, yeah, if you're light at the receiver position next week and you need to fill a spot, I can consider starting Rasheed Rice next week as maybe a flex. uh, But I'm not going overboard to add him to my team. All right.
1: Josh Downs, same thing. I know he's a deeper play as well, but – with Colts and I guess Minshew throws it a little bit more than Richardson does.
2: Yeah, that was my philosophy in adding Josh Downs to this just because like I said before, Minshew is a better passer. I think all three wide receivers kind of get a boost up uh, because of that. And downs being uh, the biggest uh, beneficiary of that, excuse me, just because I think now you're going to see more three wide receiver sets. You're going to see them open it up a little bit more, less running of the quarterback, let's say, And that's the reason why I have Downs there. He's got an increase in usage, 21 targets in three games. Uh, Like I said before, volume is king. So whenever you can find guys that are getting as many looks as he is, uh, you kind of want to add them to your team.
0: All right, Joe Serpico, PressBoxOnline.com is where you see his stuff. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. Always appreciate you, man. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. Joe Serpico. We want to tell everybody what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel real quick, Griffin. I appreciate that. I know you normally like to say goodbye, but uh, you know, they, they do bring us waiver wire Wednesday every week.
1: Uh, maybe you decided not to listen to me and go with primetime unders again last night mm-hmm. uh, and you decided to go with the over cuz you were I don't know, not not that thinking would be silly. Uh, if you did that, go over to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where they turn losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing bet slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week... 20 different sh- winners will be chosen, prizes ranging from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour prizes, and cash and free play worth up to $500. Again, drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday at the Vandal Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Adirondal Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. Um, I am...
0: I'm so, I don't like carrying three quarterbacks. I don't like that. I just want to get rid of one of them. But I don't know which one to get rid of. And you know that as soon as you do, you're going to make the wrong decision. Hey. I don't like this. I was really hoping C.J. Stroud was going to walk in and the first week on my team was going to solidify himself as being a superstar. And Who were the other two? Lawrence and Stafford.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I guess st- st- staff. Just, I, because, I guess, just because, I guess. I guess, but less you just likely know that he'll the, get picked. The up, moment
0: I do this is the moment that you know Lawrence gets hurt and somebody does grab Stafford during bye week uh, madness, and I, I, it's not, it's not good. It's not good. That's what I know. All right, uh, we uh, continue along here in hour number two of a Tuesday edition of GCR, getting ready for Game Three tonight between the Orioles. I saw. I guess Rob started this conversation where he got everybody going with, uh, "Is the season a disappointment if the Orioles fall short of the ALCS?" I'm not. I'm not going there yet. We're not. I. I. One. I think you know how I would feel about that. I. Th- I think it's kind of absurd. But I. I kind of want to avoid that until it's actually over. When it's over, we can talk about all of those things. Right now, there's a Game 3 to be played, and hopefully there'll be a Game 4. And then, boy, it would be quite special if there could be a Game 5 here in Baltimore on Friday night. So I'm just not ready to do the post-mortem. I think that's what a lot of people wanted when we did like a Project Game Day on Sunday, and Steve Johnson was part of it, was the, to react to it as though the series were already over. And I'm just not comfortable with that. I don't... It's certainly a possibility. I am prepared for the fact that the the baseball season could end. As magical as it's been, it could end tonight. That's the reality. But I'm not doing post-mortem until it is actually over. We can react to everything then. And as a lot of people pointed out, 2-0 in a series is not the same as 3-0 in a seven-game series. 3-0 in a seven-game series is death. Yes, I'm aware that the Red Sox came out from it once upon a time. But 2-0 in a division series has been done a number of times. In fact, Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers just in 2015 were down or were up 2-0 over the Toronto Blue Jays. And they came back. Or they were, sorry, the Blue Jays came back. I should have said that more uh, appropriately. It's happened, I've got the list here from DraftKings, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Eight times. A team has been down 2-0 in a best-of-five series and has come back to win the series. So it's, I'm not ready to say it's common or it's likely or anything along those lines, but I'm not Anywhere close to accepting fate, the way that I probably would be if they were down 3 0 in a best of seven. So, yeah, Uh, most recently the Yankees came back from down 2 0 against the Indians, or now the Guardians, but at the time the Cleveland team in 2017. And in 2015, as I mentioned, the Rangers had a 2 0 series lead and blew it against the Blue Jays. It has happened eight times in baseball history, a team coming back from down 2-0 in a division series. Now, how many of these teams had to go on the road for games three and four? I don't know. I don't have that answer, which makes it all the more daunting where the Orioles and, of course, also the Los Angeles Dodgers now find themselves after they dropped game two to the Diamondbacks last night, which is crazy to me. That one, that is nuts. That's far more nuts than if, say, Philly had won last night. Like, that's bonkers nuts that the Diamondbacks have a 2-0 lead over the Dodgers going back home. All right. Uh, of course, the Ravens fell to the Steelers on Sunday to drop to 3-2 and two on the season at Yahoo Sports. Our next guest says, Ravens can only blame themselves for gut punch loss at Steelers. And I could not agree more. Joining us now, Mr. Forverts himself. He is Charles McDonald, and he's back with us here on GCR. Charles, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Dude, it's such a difficult thing to talk about this game and where this team finds themselves right now because they had no business losing that football game. And Lamar Jackson played brilliantly in that football game. And it, at a point, seemed like it was going to be a rather comfortable win on another step towards a team that looks like it is ascending. And yet, they did lose. And they did fail to handle adversity. And... I don't know how to measure like a team that has a good EPA versus a team that has somehow managed to pull defeat from the jaws of victory twice against clearly inferior opponents and what that says about them on the whole.
7: Oh, it was just such an embarrassing game, really, because I I, I remember I had a couple friends and we were locked in on watching that game as it was going on. And it, by the end of it, it's like they should have won that game for like thirty points, probably. Yes. If you just look at all of all of the, you know, the 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 mishaps that they had, it it has to be so frustrating because I know uh uh <laughs> like that was, to me that was one of the best games that I've seen Lamar Jackson play as far as throwing the ball up until like that final uh up until that final interception against Joey Porter Jr. in the end zone that you know, just kind of put a bow on all the mistakes for the day. But when you have, like, the Aguilar drop, Mark Andrews dropped the touchdown, or Todd Babin dropped a touchdown, it's not just that these were just any old drops that you see, you know, uh, that you'll see across the NFL on Sunday. These are drops that really completely changed the output of that game. And it changed what was even possible for them by the end of it. So I – I I think that that part's really discouraging, but at the same time, you can kind of look at it and say, well, maybe we were so bad that that doesn't happen to us again. Maybe. 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 I would hope so. But but also, I feel like for some reason, the Ravens, like, they've had these games where it just kind of falls apart from you. One of the ones that that really comes to mind to me is it reminded me when Lamar won the MVP that year and they went they went got the playoffs and the play Tennessee. And it's kinda of like the same thing where I saw Lamar Jackson for the most was outstanding for that game too. But you just can't convert enough times and, and your supporting catch lets you down and it's frustrating. Um and I, I guess you also have the added the level the added level of rage where it's like we we kind of spent the off season trying to avoid something like this happening. And we still ended up right back in the that, same place where Charles. Lamar has a, super, right. we have a superhuman game that doesn't matter.
0: That part of it is – and I didn't really spend a lot of time talking about that aspect of it yesterday, but that to me is makes it all the more deflating. Like if for years we would sit here and say, God, this is what happens. You don't pri- to prioritize wide receiver. You don't even make an effort at it, and this is what you get because of it. And then this year – And I I do think we need to be careful about this. And I said it a couple times. I didn't really want to, you know, piss in anybody's Cheerios, but like their prioritizing wide receiver was another late first round pick and an Odell Beckham that like is not on the correct side of his career trajectory. But at least it was something in comparison to what the Ravens had done at the position for the majority of their history. And that to me was like the biggest gut punch of all of it. Like I was getting texts from friends who were like, God, I guess the Ravens have to draft some wide receivers in the offseason. I'm like, Jesus, that's what they did. Like, they did that.
7: It's funny, though, because I think one of the funniest parts about this whole Ravens thing is like, I'm just like, damn, over the years, man, they really need to add someone. They drafted three receivers in the first round since they got Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. Like, they're kind of charged. I do think they're going to be the one that works out. Because dude, when you watch Zay, even on even on Sunday, he's he's butt mega open like all the time, um, just due to his own skill as a player. And I I would just bet on him. You know, but when the killers was when he fell down tracking that ball that Lamar threw, it's like, dude, if you can just stay on your feet and be an athlete, I know that you have the chops to run and meet that for a touchdown. Um, so maybe it's just growing pains to a degree. I I just. I, I Like, if I was a Ravens fan, I would be a little bit tired because, damn, man, you go out and sign Odell, you draft Zay in the first round, you have a death from Rashawn Sean saying like, hey, theoretically, we have three guys who were good enough to be first-round receivers. You no, know, Odell, that was about 10 years ago at this point, but still, uh, it, it's a t- it, I still think it's a talented group. That was just one of the worst outlier games that I can imagine. And the worst part is, I guess the Steelers, man, you let them just kind of piddle their way back into the game. Tony Cricket was not good up until that very last drive. And this is, like, what allows them to speak about that team to kind of continue, you know, where you, you forget what happens in these games. You go back and look back. Oh, wow, Tony Cricket, 18 for 32 224. They did nothing for the majority of that game. Uh, and now Steelers, 3-2, and two, top of the division. I don't know if they've played a good game yet.
0: Um, I I'm still not afraid of the Steelers offense. You can't you can't get, you can't get me to have any fear that they're going to be a particularly special team. But I get it. they you know obviously they have some playmakers that are so good they can win games anyway. Charles McDonald is with us, pride of McDonough, uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, Charles, I feel like the other element of this is that even if I say, hey, Lamar Jackson played well, I you know even if I go into the offense has to be better because they can't be this bad ever again even if I go through every layer of that, I still come back to this like difficult to define. There's no statistic or analytic that I'm aware of that defines this weird bit that's kind of happened the last couple of years and the Ravens have faced adversity. And we remember before Lamar got hurt a year ago, the Giants game and the Dolphins game and the Bills game where they had these double digit leads and then they get punched back and they kind of crumble. And it, it starts creeping in again and Patrick Queen brought it up after the game on Sunday. It's the same old story and I I don't I don't like you know going year to year and saying, but I don't know man, there's something in this team's DNA at the moment where they don't handle adversity well and against bad teams, they're not handling adversity well this season and I, I don't know how to define that. I don't know who to blame for that and I don't know whether that's going to sink them this season or it's just sort of an odd anomaly, but it does have me concerned on a level that I can't possibly get comforted with until I see them actually go out and do it and get punched in the mouth and punch back and finish games when they're facing with adversity.
7: Yeah. I don't really know how to, how to parse it really. I I guess I would just start with, can you catch the ball? Like, yeah, let's, let's, like, let's start there. And then we can work on the other things because, you know, I, I think you know part of the punching in the mouth thing there is you just let them hang around for so long, like where you're clearly the better team throughout the course of the game. And you know, it, as as like, dude, I'm, I I I think over the course of Jackson's career, I've been one of the biggest advocates for him in the media, like going back to when he was in Louisville, saying that I mean, I said I said obviously he should have been the first pick of the draft I don't know if that's right with how Josh Allen's been developed, but it's certainly close, you know. Uh, so I, I just find that, that stuff frustrating because you, you, we all know. We know how the cycle goes with Lamar. You watch that game, and you're like, damn, he was so good. Up until that last, you know, the, the interception and the fumble at the end, which is, you know, whatever, you're dealing with a Hail Mary situation, kind of, I don't, I, I think sometimes the odds of those being executed are so low that, you know, if you're trying to if you're almost trying to, try to make a play, it doesn't really bother me like that. But what does bother me is now this is a data point that gets to be used against them and they say, Oh, he shouldn't have given me that big contract. 22 for 38 for $250 million a year, because right. you forget how the game actually unfolds as things move on. So I they owe it to him, man, and to me to catch these passes <laughs> because <laughs> because some of us are, are we're, we are really putting our reputation in the lives from Lamar Jackson. And I think he deserves it. And there, you, you shouldn't. You should never lose a game when your quarterback plays as well as he did. Um, and the fact that they end up losing that game is—it's like an all-time bad uh, supporting test moment where you just cannot drop that many high-level passes in ways where you could have scored touchdowns. It's ton of awesome.
0: No, it's pretty unfathomable. Look, I think there's a fair way. It's not what they're doing in the national media because they're not watching the games. They have no idea, and they, you know, they they, they, operate in a world of, you know, shit-takery that I can't possibly explain. But it, there's a fair way to also talk about the fact that, like, hey, all of the good we've seen from Lamar Jackson this season, the one issue has maybe been, you know, the football, right? Like, that's, that's yeah, sort of yeah. popped up, and – that can't be the case moving forward, to your point, yes, on at the end of the game, they're trying to make a play, the arm's coming back, you know, Ronnie Stanley gets beat i i, I somebody on the broadcast, uh, Charles Davis said, well, he could have stepped up in the pocket and looking at it again, i don't see that i don't think that's on him at all yeah. I don't think there was anything. TJ, he, Watt's
7: really yeah, Tj Watts really
0: good. yeah t j Watts <laughs> really good, I'll come back to that. The interception's inexcusable, right, like but it's an inexcusable play yeah. call it's an insane play call it's Bat-ass bonkers, as a play call goes, but you still have to do better than that. All this being said, on the weird part about Sunday, you just referenced TJ Watts really good. Nothing about Sunday has anything to do with the Ravens' defense. The Ravens' defense was wonderful. The Ravens' defense, statistically, is drastically better than we could have expected it to be given the fact that they suffered losses on that side of the ball while they upgraded the offense this year. That said... The one thing from a personnel standpoint that still worries me is the Ravens have nothing at edge rush, like nothing. Jadavion Clowney was absent on Sunday. For what it's worth, before that he had actually probably played better than we could have expected, but none of it is translated to sacks. They have nothing in the edge rush department. And it was a very interesting scenario to me to watch at the end of the game when a team's got four downs to go beat you – and a set of rules in the NFL that benefit offense that Kenny Pickett was able to matriculate the ball downfield with almost no pressure whatsoever, and then Lamar Jackson was under siege and brought down by a special playmaker. I don't know what's going to happen with Ryan Burns, with Daniil Hunter, with Chase Young moving forward, but am I crazy to think that the Ravens, who we have seen be aggressive in the Eric DaCosta era, with in season trades, as good as the defense has been, still needs to prioritize getting someone on the field that can put quarterbacks in the dirt.
7: Oh, yeah, it's time. Because I think, in a way, like the edge rusher situation has been kind of like the receiver situation on offense, where you've tried to get things done here and it just hasn't quite worked out. Um, I, th- I think you got to go for it. You know, trade for Daniel Hunter. The Vikings, ooh, Justin Jefferson, he put on IR. They're one four. And this season's over. Like they're probably going to be uh, teams that are selling. So maybe you can get uh, you can get Daniel Hunter for a little buy low for the rest of the season. But at some point, you know, one of these guys is going to have to step up as the, they drafted. Yeah, you know? I, I think uh, Adeshi Owe, That was a nice dice roll just based on the athleticism. But you know, we're kind of seeing why he. He he didn't have a sack his his last year at Penn State so I think we're, we're trying to, we're trying to see you like oh okay the production needs to matter a little bit more than maybe uh, we give it credit for even though like you still do need the, the freeze athleticism to be uh, a top tier uh, address in the NFL you know you still got to be able to get home so uh, it, it it's frustrating because you have so many makings of what. Is an elite defense right now. You know, you've got the secondary play. I think in a weird, messed up way, all those injuries they had last year have benefited them this year because those guys got to play. And I'm not sure if Brandon Stevens ends up being what he's been able to turn into without getting the extended playing time that he did last year. Um, I think that that, in a way, has helped him this year. But still, the edge rush stuff—it's—it's it, gotta—it's it, gotta improve somewhat because I think the Ravens they're They're elite when it comes just to down to down play in, play out defense. Right. But sometimes you just need someone to step in and make like one of those big explosive plays off the edge that kind of close the game out for you. You know, on the the play where Kenny Pickett's able to hit um, George Pickens over the top for that touchdown at the end, it it would have been nice to have someone who could just get any pressure in the quarterback and kind of disrupt that. But they don't have that guy right now. And I think it it makes it a little bit tough for them in a one-off, high-leverage situation situation where maybe you want to be more conservative with your coverage looks, but you can't really if you don't have anyone that can get home, and that's what they need to figure Dude, out.
0: Dude, that's where I am. Like, it's I, I think statistically you can have a really good defense, and you can have a great season defensively, but the, the, how do you win games anymore when they're on the line in the end? They're they won by someone kicking ass, winning a matchup, and wrecking things in the backfield. Like, that's how defenses yeah. win games now. And
7: that's how the the situation run, you know?
0: (laughs) Yep. A hundred percent, man. And so I just, it's, it sticks out to me as good as the defense, as well as the defense has played, that they just don't have that guy. Um, All right. Uh, What's, what's going on? What can I plug for you, Charles McDonald? I know the podcast, I know you're a busy man. What all can I plug for you?
7: I'm a busy man. Uh, So the the example is back. It's on the Alpha Sports, the Zero Blitz podcast feed. It's a new uh, podcast feed that we launched, uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I do a little bit of TV every once in a while on Peacock with Michael Smith and Michael Holly. Uh, I'm a show brother from another. So yeah, I believe well, I I, I,
0: I believe you mean the Rita Hubbard show, brother. The Rita,
7: Rita yeah the, the Rita, Rita Hubbard show. Rita excuse Rita. me excuse me.
0: Um, and
7: obviously, you can find my writing on YahooSports.com. Me and my coworkers Charles Charles Robinson and Jerry Epstein. I think they are doing a great work. So just uh, come check out everything that we got and, I got to give a shout out to McDonald War Eagles, you no
0: know, we got to keep the winning going. No doubt. @4verts on Twitter, that's how you follow him. Charles, always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes All with right. us. Thanks, man. Charles McDonald, Yahoo Sports with us here on GCR. I keep I, I I don't I don't know why we don't want to talk about it. I don't know why we want to avoid it. I I I get it, even my guy Femi. It's like it's it's not about the defense. I you can keep saying that. I understand. But there's one glaring weakness. Size up every unit on this team. There's one that stands out significantly. And they've made up for it, for the most part. But what about when the games have been on the line? What about when they've needed a stop at the end of a game? What are they, What's happened then? And I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. Maybe in some alternate universe, somebody does step in and make a play. This Sunday in London, maybe the Titans get the ball back, trailing by eight, trailing 21-13 with a minute 14 to go. And it just so happens to be that Jeremiah Moon gets into the backfield and makes a stop. And all of a sudden we say, well, you know, I don't know.
1: But even that would be, yeah, that, that might even be worse. Yeah,
0: right, because then you'd start convincing <laughs> yourself that maybe oh, – they got, They've got their guy. <sighs> Need it. Need it. Need it. It's an interesting point that he brings up, too, about, like, does the Justin Jefferson injury accelerate things in Minnesota? I don't think so. I, I still think that they kind of have the obligation to, like, see it out and watch how the next couple of games go and then make their decision. But – if you think it makes it less likely for them to be able to win these upcoming road division games that we were talking about yesterday. It was Green Bay and Chicago on the road, right, is what we pulled up Vikings schedule. And then it the Chief, is, uh, Well, no, they already played the, play the Chiefs. Yeah, they played the Chiefs yeah. on Sunday. It's the 49ers. Is the 49ers. At, at Chicago on Sunday, then the 49ers the following Monday night, and then uh, at the Packers. Those are their three games before the trade deadline. So if now you feel like it's more likely that they go one and two during that stretch because they lost Justin Jefferson, could be good news for trying to get Daniil Hunter on the market. Tyus Bowser show returns. One week from tonight, we will be at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. We hope that you will come join us right off Pedonia Road. Going to be a great opportunity to come out, rub elbows with some of your favorite players. Tyus and a special guest will be there. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash bowser. Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Superbook Sports, AJ Michaels, and helpmygamblingproblem.org. We will see you for the next Tyus Bowser Show one week from tonight, October 17th, at Mother's North in Timonium. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and tube to wind down for a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
6: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate arts across Harford September
0: 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the King and Queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their harford libation trail for more info head to visit harford.com maryland open picking a restaurant to try for the first time let's look at the costas
4: inn here's a few checklist items quality of the food check quality of service check this restaurant have plenty of free parking check and finally this restaurant have delicious steamed crabs crab cakes crab soup and specials galore check 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 costas inn 4100 north point boulevard they check all the boxes
1: the latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at Pressboxonline.com.
5: Come for a game, stay for everything else book an unforgettable fall getaway in charm city enjoy only in baltimore festivals mouthwatering eats and endless entertainment treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels and don't miss out on packages for free parking breakfast
6: and more plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels don't forget about project game day after every Ravens game this season it's kind of like this show except Rita's also there so I actually think it's pretty good but hey you're already here now so why don't Go ahead and keep listening to GCR. Keep trying to figure out if I can pull this off. So, you remember Trippy called in yesterday and was like, Bro, you're going to be at Guilford
0: Hall on Sunday, right? And I was like, oh. I, I'd like to be. So, I have a small, I am working USA Lacrosse uh, this weekend. I am working. Congrats. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's a job. Although, it's an exciting week to be there because I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but uh, Lacrosse was officially given the thumbs up to be uh, recommended as an Olympic sport in 2028 in Los Angeles. I think there's one more hurdle it still has to clear, but I think my understanding is that basically the, the, this this was the one that mattered. The last hurdle is fait accompli now, and it's going to happen. So the U- USA Lacrosse Fall Camp is this weekend in Sparks, including a USA versus Canada Showdown on Friday night, mm. and I'm excited about that. And then the both teams are playing against Penn State on Saturday, but then on Sunday there's um, I think U20 events and things like that. And I have games legitimately on Sunday. I have games at 7 a.m., 8 a.m., and 8:45. I uh, it's U. I have U18, USA U18. At 8 at eight and 8.45, they're playing them back-to-back. So,
1: <sighs> already I, cutting it close. That's the issue.
0: Yeah. I'm already in a place where, like, just to get home, I'm clearly going to have to, like, watch some of the game, and either I'm going to do one of two things. Either I'm going to go upstairs at USA Lacrosse as soon as my 8.45 game ends, and, like, find an empty office, and watch the first half there, and then drive home at halftime, or... I'm going to have to do something I haven't done in my entire life as a Ravens fan. And I'm going to have to listen to the game what now? while I drive home. Like, I'd be listening to the first, you know, drive of the game until I got home. Because I don't live far from USA Lacrosse and Sparks. So, that's the actual complication. Like, I'd be cool doing the post-game show. Guilford Hall, if you haven't heard, is hosting the, um, like, official Ravens game watch party on Sunday. They're opening up at 8 a.m. They're doing a $25 all-you-can-drink ticket for the day. Yeah. Seems like a pretty good – can you imagine getting there at 8 a.m. and only having to pay $25 to drink all day, watch the Ravens game, and then there's two more windows that afternoon of football and a night game? You'd be watching football. You could get there at 8 a.m. and be watching football until 11.30 p.m. And drinking all day for $25. First of all, take off work on Monday. (laughs) just go ahead do that is it's not uh, Columbus day it was Columbus day yesterday i think columbus did we day do was did we do we it stop doing it i know we stop doing it cuz it's we want to do indigenous peoples day is, yes yesterday was right. indigenous peoples day so you don't get no no more holidays sorry so find your own for monday second of all prepare you know a, a ride right like get, prepare an uber something along those lines now or truth be told if you start at 8am You could actually stop at like three p.m. and still have a great day, and stay at Guilford Hall until like ten o'clock, and sober up and be all right by that point.
1: This is your recommendation.
0: I my recommendation is don't drive. That's my recommendation. Is arrange a ride, right? But like it's a long ass day. You could get plenty of. You get there at eight a.m. Get that twenty-five dollar drink ticket. You could get plenty of fun in. And then still have plenty of time to prepare yourself if you got to go to work on Monday, right? Like you could have a great day. Maybe we could ask the folks at Guilford Hall if they recommend somewhere that you could like squeeze a nap in. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe between the four twenty five games and the night game on Sunday night, like is there a place a place to bring a sleeping bag? Maybe. No, yeah. no, no. I don't want to go that far. Oh, Just okay. like like is there a particular place? Because you know they got like multiple levels. It's such yeah. a cool. I love Guilford Hall. But like, is there a place in there? Where, like, you would most say, hey, if I just needed to go and, like, kind of nod off for a couple of minutes, (laughs) recharge the batteries, you know what I mean? Is there somewhere that I could do that (laughs) that would be most appropriate in that situation? Yeah, literally just where you're sitting. Just get an Uber. Get a ride. That's the point. The moral of the story is $25, all-you-can-drink ticket. I would love to be there, but I just – if i got to get there from my 845 game (sighs) – um. I
1: got to figure it out. I don't have. Yeah, yeah. The answer,
0: thanks for so. nothing, Griffin. Really appreciate it. you're offering no help whatsoever. I come with a problem, and Griffin's like, hey, I can't help you. Thanks, buddy. Well, I mean, it's dynamite. Dynamite observation.
1: you have a, heli- no, you don't have
0: a helicopter? No, I don't. Do, Believe um, it or not, no. they have not. I'm even going to ask the folks at USA Lacrosse if they could <laughs> arrange one for me. Well, you want me there at 8 a.m. on Sunday. I'm happy to be there, but only if you arrange transportation to get me to Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's going to be a great day, man. Yeah, It's going to be a great day. I know Trippy's going to be there. And that's the truth. So because Trippy's going to be there, we'll definitely have a Guilford Hall presence on the postgame show no matter what because Trippy will check in postgame from Guilford Hall. Uh, Guilfordhall.com is the website to find out more. Uh, and I, I think you have to go there to get your um, all-you-can-drink ticket for this event but it's cool like this is the official ravens watch like party they're gonna have um presence there as well this is gonna be an awesome day i just <sighs> i committed to this thing with usa lacrosse and I, don't, I don't think i don't know i don't know i really don't know which is the play too by the way even if i can't make it to guilford hall i don't know if the play is to watch the first half this is also a straight shoot I don't I don't even know if they know like I know a couple people at USA Lacrosse know me, but like if I wandered into the building and just like went looking for an office, I don't know if there were people there'd be like, Sir, you need to leave. Uh, <laughs> like like I'm Glenn Clark, I'm the I'm the it, voice man. of the USA lacrosse fall classic, and they're like, Right, you need to leave. I don't know how that would go. I've had these awkward moments over the years when I've worked for big companies. Like I remember working for SiriusXM XM at first. And having days where I was in DC and I was like, Well I just have a couple hours to kill before, you know, I wanted to be in College Park or something. Well, I'll just go over to Sirius XM and kinda of putt around for a little while. And then I would like see somebody in the hallway who would like give me the stink eye.
1: But that's never stopped you. Who
0: are you exactly? Why are you here? And I'd be like, I have a badge. I I'm supposed to be here. And they'd like look at me like I don't know. Even I work so infrequently at uh, Odyssey that there are times when I'm there to like fill in or do something else. Like when I'm not there from a normal show, like on Sundays, you know, nobody's there. But I would go in there sometimes on like a Wednesday to do a fill in shift, and like people would look at me like, oh, oh, "Who is that?" <laughs> like, "Who is who is that?" Yeah. or the people that are way too casual, like they they, they want to pretend like they know who you are because they don't want to have the like, "Hey guy," <laughs> like they clearly don't know your name. I don't know what you're doing there. They're like, oh, it's the big guy. <laughs> big guy made it. You got a big guy a lot. I mean, it's just what people say. <laughs> What's up, big guy? <laughs> hey, fella. <laughs> just go through the motions. Yeah, of so not I'm not knowing who each other. Sounds is. like
1: sounds like I shouldn't be worried about you. What do you you'll, mean? Like you'll figure it out. Is, is what, it, <laughs> what is that? Like, that is you, no you, help. You're, 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 used to you're situations, not helped. I you're don't.
0: Saying. I but I don't know if it's which is better to do that for the first half and just try to find like a safe space somewhere and just sit by myself in the offices of USA Lacrosse and watch the game for the first half and drive home at halftime, or just go ahead and get home and get camped out in order to watch the game. I, I, I don't know. I don't know which is to play. Um, I'll put it to a poll later today. Do I? Do I? I, I, dude, I have not listened to a game on the radio in my life. would
1: probably just life. bolt home, I think.
0: But that would require me having to listen to the game on the radio. Well, you can the game, the, uh, My 8.45 game will end right at 9.30. You could
1: play it on your phone, right? And
0: I could, but that's... Dude, you're taking your life in your hands at that point. And also, where I live, cell service is no good. I'm going to lose it at some point during the drive. I would have to commit to the radio... And what if the most amazing thing in the history of football happens on the first drive?
1: Then you can watch the highlights. Yeah. Nah. You can rewatch it if all you miss is the drivers. I don't know what the answer is you here. You can go back. I don't and know what
0: the answer is here. Rewatch. I'm flummoxed. The drive. I'm flummoxed, and I've got a couple of days to figure it out. I'll realize when I wake up on Sunday morning I never actually solved this problem. I'll wake up Sunday morning and be like. Piss! Well, that's just how it goes. I, mean, I was supposed to come up with a solution, and That is and the I best way
1: did. to solve problems, though. Just let them happen. I
0: guess. <laughs> Today's show is also brought to you by this print issue of PressBox. Final week for this print issue with Lamar Jackson on the cover. Before it is gone, daddy gone, the love is gone. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. That print issue of PressBox. we got a new one hitting newsstands next week. Tidbit brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: Not only did the Braves uh, end game two yesterday, their 5 4 win over the Phillies with an 8 5 3 double play, it was the first. Eight five three double play at any point in the postseason ever, and they did it to that's end the kind game. Kind of
0: surprising, I guess.
1: Eight five three.
0: I mean, I-, I guess somebody would say, "Why would any double play right. from the outfield involve?" But I don't know, Third man. Like to the first baseman. Yeah. I don't know. I I still in the history of baseball that like never happened? That's kind of weird in playoff baseball. Right. I'm just yes. saying.
1: Yes. Uh, also, the first double play ever involving an outfielder to end a postseason game. From Elias Sports, kind of odd. Yeah,
0: like that's it, these are just kind of odd things that have never happened.
1: Uh, Corbin Carroll, he is now uh, in four through four postseason games. His stat line is seven hits, six runs, five walks, four RBIs. His team's won all four games. He has three extra base hits and two home runs. Uh, only one other. These are his first four career playoff games. Pretty good. Only one other player in MLB history has reached those exact numbers in any four game span in playoff history. Uh, it, it would be Babe Ruth.
0: Close. Uh, close. Uh, <laughs> uh Mickey Mantle. Uh, cold. Joe DiMaggio. Colder.
1: Well, no, I guess not colder, but it's still cold. Because I should be naming
0: old timey baseball names. Yeah, well,
1: Babe Ruth, who's uh, who oh, Barry Bonds? With, no, who played with Babe Ruth? Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Lou Gehrig. Seven hits. All those. All those things that Corbin Carroll has done. Not um, bad. Not bad. Not bad. Prior to this season, a 100 win. Team had never opened the season, opened the postseason with back-to-back losses at home against a team with less than ten, uh, with with at least ten uh, fewer regular season wins than them. It has now happened twice to both the Dodgers and the Orioles, who find themselves in O2 holes uh, going on the road now. First time that's ever happened. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has now defeated. Uh, he became, or he just defeated every team with his win over the Vikings on Sunday, except for the Chiefs, and he is now the tenth different quarterback uh, to to hey. defeat thirty-one different teams. Okay.
0: Well, didn't Tom and Brady? Also, didn't Tom Brady end up getting everybody because he played for another team?
1: Uh, he did, in fact. Yes. So he is on the list.
0: Is it all? So is this thirty-one are, or thirty-two teams? Yes.
1: Like, yes. So there are four guys, Brady being one of them, four guys that have beaten all thirty-two, and then there are six more. So you so have Mahomes, and everybody,
0: and Brady. but so Mahomes, Brady, uh,
1: Favre. He's also the youngest to do it, Mahomes. Yes. Uh, what are you saying? What, are you, what, what category is Favre in? I'm now? gonna
0: guess he got all 32. He, he did,
1: in yeah. fact, get all 32.
0: The, the the thing is, these have to be modern because there mm. weren't 32 teams once upon a time. So like they have, they all have to be modern. Correct. So, Roethlisberger got 31.
1: Roethlisberger is in fact on the list. He got 31. Never could beat those pesky Steelers. I'll say Breeze got all 32. Breeze did get all 32. One more got all 32.
0: One more got all 32. One more. Kurt Warner? Not Kurt didn't Warner. Didn't have the longevity to be able to He's do it. He's not on either of these lists. I mean, it's the... Yeah. He just didn't... And he also, ironically, the only two teams he actually played for were in the same division. So he might have missed out. Like, he was... I, I guess maybe he got a few snaps in New York, but he was a backup in New York. The only two teams he started for were... In the same division. Um, Who would the other one be that beat all 32? The other one that beat all 32, is it Stafford? S- no, not Stafford. I guess he didn't win a lot of games in mm-hmm. Detroit. That he's is not fair. A, he's not on this list at all. Hey, other t- quarterback that beat all 32 teams. Oh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah, of course. Yes. What am
1: I doing? Yes, Peyton Manning. All right, and there are how many more that beat? Then there are four more that have beat 31 teams. Four more yeah, that four beat 31 more. teams. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Uh, Philip Rivers Phillip Rivers is not on the list
0: That's a little surprising Maybe he never beat the Patriots yeah, Or something no. like that
1: Yeah just something random Well no I, it wouldn't be random It would just be that they Oh yeah like he just wasn't good against Right Or, or well, like it was like Yeah I don't know A team that he rarely faced and
0: I don't think Russ but Russ
1: Russell Wilson yeah Really Russell Wilson has beat all 31 teams Just hasn't had a chance to beat
0: the Seahawks yet mm-hmm. and Probably won't
1: uh, ba-ba-ba. how about Matt Ryan not Matt Ryan so there are two more there are two more and they're
0: chill pretty surprising chill. oh they're pretty surprising you say. Yeah. great long careers Uh, Kirk Cousins
1: not Kirk Cousins
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick somehow
1: <laughs> not Ryan Fitzpatrick
0: Alex Smith
1: Alex Smith that's weird because which
0: one of them didn't he beat yeah exactly was it San Francisco um, or Kansas City I don't City, know <laughs> How run it random would it be if it was Washington that he never beat? <laughs> um uh, let's see. Another one that's surprising. Uh Ryan Tannerhill.
1: Not Ryan Tannehill.
0: Hill. <laughs> Cam Newton? Uh not Cam Newton. Didn't really have that long of a career now that I think about it. Andy Dalton?
1: Not Andy Dalton. Alex Smith does have a winner of the Niners, so it's gotta be the Chiefs. With though. the with Washington.
0: <laughs> it has to be the Chiefs. It'd be so funny if it was watching. Uh, ah man, had a long career. Yes, Chiefs. Yeah. So man, this is not uh, Donovan McNabb. Maybe not
1: Donovan McNabb. This is one. I I mean, it's gonna be tough to get.
0: How about? Jake Delome. Not Jake Delome. How about Did Steve McNair play long enough to play all that? Steve McNair.
1: Uh not Steve McNair, but that you know, this guy uh played with Steve McNair.
0: This guy played with Steve McNair. What?
1: <laughs> Kerry Collins? Kerry Collins has beaten thirty all th- A- or thirty one A- different A- teams. That is random. Um but yeah. the one team he didn't beat was the Dolphins, and he never played for the Dolphins. That's funny.
3: <laughs> That's
0: funny.
1: <laughs> that is really funny. So he's beating the Titans and the Giants, and All who right. else did he play for?
0: Yeah. Uh, the Panthers, yeah. yeah. There's somebody else, too, right? Did he play for uh, the he Raiders? Ended year, he's at,
1: he ended his career with the Colts. Yeah, Colts. he did play with the Raiders. Ah, aha. Aha. He's a good uh Get him on the grid, guy. yep. Grid get him
0: on the grid. All right. Tidbit was also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Don't forget, Saturday, October 28th, hiring event opportunity for you to go through the whole process. Written test, agility test, application, the whole thing. But even if you're not considering a career in the Baltimore County Police Department, it's a great community event, a trunk or treat event for the kids. Nice, safe environment. Get them in their costume. Get them some candy at the Public Safety Building, Saturday, October 28th, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more, 410-887-5542, or join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. I was just actually perusing some of the... uh, They've got a few same-game parlays built up for tonight. Uh, For example, Orioles win the game. Austin Hayes records two or more hits. Ryan O'Hearn records an RBI... Boosted to plus 1150. I'm gonna think about that one, or maybe game total over over eight and a half runs. Dean Kramer over four and a half strikeouts, and Nathan Ivaldi over five and a half strikeouts. That's at plus 1350. Hmm. Get it with the pitchers getting pulled so quickly. Right, like that's a tough one. But if you're thinking about one of those, sign up at Superbook, download the Superbook app, go to Superbook.com, use the code glennclark 23 when you sign up, and when you do, you'll get a same-day first-bet match up to $250, win or lose, with Superbook. Yes, Game 3 is tonight. It's the second game. Uh, the first one starts at 4, however, so there shouldn't be that any bleed-over, and like they got to start on another network. Fox has Astros Twins Game Three at four o'clock. That's Christian Javier and Sonny Gray, and then Orioles Rangers Game Three at eight. Dean Kramer and Nathan Ivaldi. Maryland soccer in action tonight seven o'clock. They host Villanova on Big Ten Network plus ESPN. NHL season gets underway tonight at five thirty. Wow. Predators Lightning, Blackhawks Penguins at eight, and Kraken Golden Knights at ten thirty. It's nice because they That's have late, like that two week break from when the last season ended to when the new season starts, and it's nice to get the guys a little bit of a breather. It was at least three weeks. I'm not sure that it was, Griffin. I'm pretty sure it was two weeks. Uh, college football tonight, all over the place. CBS Sports Network, wow. Louisiana Tech, Middle Tennessee at 7, ESPN2, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State at 7.30, ESPNU, Liberty, and Jacksonville State at three 7.30. Games? Three college football games So tonight. the A,
1: this is the A-Sun
0: now? Is that what No. No, it's uh, the Fun Belt. Oh, this is the Fun Belt. Right? I mean, no. Uh, actually, no. Are they all Fun Belt? No, I think, I think The Louisiana Tech. This might be the uh, Conference USA now. Actually. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> There's might too be much where, conference realignment. I know. It's hard to remember everything. Hang on a second. The Sun Belt. So why are they taking over the middle of the week now? Uh, because they because they can? Because they want they? the TV exposure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's really what it is. Is that it's how, how can they get on TV? All right, so Appalachian State is in the Sun Belt. Coastal Carolina is in the Sun Belt. So that's definitely. But Middle Tennessee is no longer. So hang that's on a gotta second. So that's got to be Conference USA, yes. Conference USA for them. Man, I hope there's not a quiz on this because there's no chance I'm going to yeah, remember. What conference? I don't know who's in the real conferences anymore. More than these.
1: I feel like I used to be really good with conferences. Yeah, now, there was a time I was. Now really, there's no, no chance.
0: chance. Zippy chance. But it's all going to be one Named conference. Name the Horizon League. Point. It was Butler once upon a time. Right. Butler was in the Horizon League. So I think Wright State is still in the Horizon yes. League. I think Northern Kentucky. Cleveland State, Maybe. Northern Kentucky. Is Chicago
1: State in there yet? Or uh, Chicago State's like independent? I think or something? Maybe,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Matter. What are we doing here? That'll be my tidbit tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Make me guess the Horizon League. <laughs> anyway, yeah, college football tonight. Also coming up tonight. Uh, uh, nothing. Oh, the Wizards play their first preseason game uh, 7 they o'clock. Play... They play something called Cairns Taipans. Nice. Sure. I don't know. They better win. <laughs> if you say so. That's at 7 on Monumental Network. Big Ten Men's Basketball Media Day still going on in Big Ten Network. Uh, everything else go to Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, a, a, a big Tuesday night in the world of pro wrestling because both WWE NXT and TN, uh, AEW Dynamite are airing tonight. So they're loading Jeez. up the shows and going after each other. It's the Tuesday night war tonight. Uh, NXT's got John Cena and uh, Cody Rhodes and like all of the stars. The Undertaker, I think. Is really? Coming back. Yeah, and I'm going with that one. Not even kidding. Are you, um, so you're
1: gonna go with that over the Orioles game? No, <laughs> not
0: a chance in hell that I'll be watching. It's a any big night for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything I care about, non-sports-wise, what's coming up?
1: Not really. Welcome to Wrexham at ten o'clock I do on SNL. Love FX. Wrexham. Uh, Bob Odenkirk's gonna be on Seth Meyers because he's got a poems book that uh, that Bob Odenkirk wrote. So that's what he'll be able to talk about. Mm. Uh, Pete Davidson's gonna be on Jimmy Fallon because he's hosting SNL. And then uh, stuff. Thanks. Okay. Nothing, Very nothing, good. Nothing. Nothing Thank- else. Go to th- yeah.
0: Thanks to everybody at the... Uh, uh, oh, it's Lego Jurassic Park on Peacock. Oh, I wish you would have told me. That. Like, you got to lead with yeah, that. Lead should. with strength, man. What are you doing? That's <laughs> what I'm skipping the Orioles game for, is Lego <laughs> Jurassic Park. All right. Uh, thanks today to Charles McDonald. Thanks to Joe Serpico. And thanks to Carl Ravitch. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glenclarkradio.com. Stuff and things. Stuff and things. Ooh, Drew will be okay. here. Oh, Good you imagine if the Orioles lose tonight and I have to deal with Drew tomorrow? Do <laughs> you imagine? Christ, nobody deserves that. <laughs> that is a hell. So should I. I. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to prepare like they're going to lose. I don't want to do that.
1: Tell them it's conditional. <sighs>
0: Thanks, everybody, PressBox. we well, are not going gra- to lose, so That's we don't right. have to worry about that. That's right. Thanks, everybody, PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Inn, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday night. For the love of God, go Orioles. Duke sucks.